passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather. Post-wrestle in the NWA, not O-keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message. Advocates for Nubian, wrestling, you're listening to the best again. Black wrestling in the ring, we invested in. Nubian kings and queens, we invested in. It's for the culture and we reppin' it. It's for the culture and we reppin' it. And welcome to the NWA podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the show all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. We are back and better than ever What an all-new show. We got so much to talk about. I'm not going to waste too much time here at the top, ladies and gentlemen, but let's introduce who we are. First of all, I am the Godfather Nate Milton, uh, and I can't do this alone. This is a, this is a team effort, so... Let me bring in a gentleman who who has a lot on his plate right now. Not only is he out here talking about all things Nubian in the world of professional wrestling, not only is he out here writing for WrestleNomics, not only is he the mayor of Los Angeles, but he is also trying to work out a deal to bring Kyrie Irving to the Los Angeles Lakers. Y'all give it up for that man, the professor, Moderna Chris Ely. What's good, brother? Look, I'm I'm good off of having conspiracy theorists on the Lakers. Um, <laughs> if if he if he gets here, I'll I'll, I'll cheer for him. But I, I'd prefer not. But thank you, Nate, for that intro. Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, thank uh, Rich Andrew. Looking forward to today's discussion. Yes, and and speaking of Andrew Thompson, <laughs> the youngest in charge, ladies and gentlemen, this man has just returned. From from the final voyage for now of Bushby and Thompson's excellent wrestling adventures, y'all give it up for my nephew, Andrew Thompson. What's good, brother? My guys, Nate, Chris, Rich, it's great to see you all, man. I'm glad to be back on the podcast. It's, it feels like it's been forever since we did the last one, the, the most recent podcast. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do this one and excited to get into this conversation because it is damn sure a lot to talk about, man. It's, it is, mm. like, kind of crazy how much can happen in what like four weeks <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And to help us talk about the past month in the world of professional wrestling, we had to bring in one of our favorite guests, uh, a friend of the program, uh, somebody who is damn near family here at Post Wrestling. <coughs> Coming in from the Pro Wrestling Torch. Y'all know this, man. Y'all love this band. Give it up for our good brother, Rich Fan. Rich, what's good, man? Not much. As y'all can see, I am outside. I am outside here in Chicago, Illinois, enjoying some time with my sister and enjoying some Nubian wrestling allocates, wrestling conversation. I mean, the youngest in charge, the good doctor, and Nate the Great, I cannot ask for a better uh, table addition than y'all to this conversation. That's what I'm talking about. And and, and, uh, go ahead and order what you want, Rich. Chris will take care of the bill. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if Dr. Chris has got the bill, I mean, me and Sonya (laughs) might be like, I got. I see some things with truffles on it, and <laughs> you can't trust American truffles, man. It's it's never. <laughs> Listen, Chris. I thought you were getting that big AEW settlement check in, brother. Like, the- <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they they owe me for that one. Yeah. I mean, Chris Jericho. You can't figure stuff out on January sixth or at pay per view. So you know. Yeah. Well, that's because my uh, girlfriend had the key to that uh, thing. It was a rental. Hey, hey they, they hey. need to pay you for your pain and suffering, Chris. Man, oh, yeah, yeah. Eddie, Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia was riding around riding around the arena. My man, Chris Scooter. I don't like that, man. I don't right, like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, Chris, they, look, they had touched my scooter. I would have been on the ground like Ezel and Friday. My neck, my back. <laughs> My yeah. neck and my back. <laughs> I'm going to need a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. But I sat a lot of court for, what do you say? Uh, like, I sat out of court for $25 and a 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was funny because I, I didn't want to get the um, the, the scooter because mm-hmm. I was cause I'm, I was recovering. I was actually doing well. And then mm-hmm. my, my girlfriend was like, get, get the scooter because, you know, you <laughs> You might need it. And I had no clue those dudes were going to wrestle and bleed and sweat all over my uh, <laughs> my uh, mobility assistant. Damn. And Chris has now become a part of AEW history. That's what we do right sure. here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we got a lot to talk about this week. And uh, let's let's get right into it because the biggest story of the past month, maybe the biggest story of the year, uh revolves around one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And here's the thing, Rich fan, like I wasn't expecting when we brought the Nubian wrestling advocates back this month, that our lead story would be revolving around a rich old white man. So, uh, but, but here we are. So uh, Andrew, I guess we could turn it to you since you are the, the preeminent uh, newsman, uh, one of the preeminent newsmen in the game right now. Uh, thoughts on Vince McMahon and just kind of like let our audience know if they hadn't been paying attention, if they've been living under that proverbial rock or what, what's going on with, with, with your boy Vince out here. Man, so with this story, I think pretty much, Nick, I think, I think it's a safe, I think it's safe to say that there's a great deal of people, man, that are pretty much aware of what's going on. But, but like you said, just in case, um, it was first reported by the Wall Street Journal that Vince McMahon is under investigation for misconduct within the, within the workplace. Um, he had relations with the paralegal, uh, who was hired on a $100,000 per year salary. And then once that relationship advanced to a, um, sexual level, then that, uh, her salary was bumped up to a two hundred uh, was bumped up to two hundred thousand dollars a year. 
Um, and of course, as we all saw um, recently on Friday Night SmackDown, or, or last week on Friday Night SmackDown, as it is recording, and then on the Monday Night Raw, Vince McMahon decided to appear on screen um, mm-hmm. in character and not really say anything, but it was more so of a, uh, from, from my point of view, from when I took it, it's a thing of Vince trying to prove that he's not hiding from the situation, when in actuality, mm-hmm. he just he just looked like a dumbass appearing on TV while he's literally the focus of an investigation but uh he appeared on tv on smackdown and then just said welcome to smackdown and then he appeared on raw to promote the return of john cena which we have known about for three weeks <laughs> so like that that's that that's vince's thing and also uh stephen mcmahon has been placed as the interim ceo of wwe and vince has quote-unquote stepped down from that role but he'll still be uh continuing his role as the creative head of the company and also john laurinaitis is on administrative leave, who is the head of talent relations, but now Bruce Pritchard is filling in that spot. So that is like the gist of everything. But man, uh, Nate, I, Nate, like uh, like you said, like this, like you said at the top, um, definitely wasn't expecting. Uh, you know, when we left wrapped up our last podcast, or the next one we be doing would be uh, you know the center of the story would be Vince McMahon um, being the center of an investigation, man. But like overall, what, what are your yep. thoughts about this whole situation and and you know primarily Vince appearing on TV and trying to brush this off as if it's nothing. Yeah, I think it's it's a wild story, Andrew. Well, like I said, one of the biggest stories of the year. Uh, I think, and I've said this on a couple different shows, like I think when you look at Vince coming out on Friday and then again on Monday, I think he did it for a couple of reasons. Number one, because at his core, Vince McMahon is one of the pettiest people in the world, and he wants to show people like, hey, I ain't scared. I'm not hiding. I'm not ducking. I want all this smoke. I'm still here. Uh, But I also think from a financial standpoint and a business standpoint, there's probably a little bit of Vince that's like, you know, I need to project that that the the brand is strong. The company is strong. I don't want the shareholders to think that there's anything wrong, even though we in the midst of this investigation. So let me go out here on TV and give this little then now forever together kumbaya uh, blase blase speech on Friday and then make the non-announcement that John Cena's coming, which everybody knew. On Monday. So I feel like it was a lot of Vince's ego and bravado, but also trying to make sure that the bag was secure. Um, Rich, we're we going to go to Chris last because Chris actually is a paralegal, not not as well paid as Vince's former paralegal. Uh, but Chris, Chris has had experience in, in that in that realm. Uh, but Rich, like we said, this is a big story, man. What have been your thoughts on this and Vince's handling of it and maybe even kind of the media coverage, both the wrestling media but also the mainstream media's coverage of this okay so before i get started i want to make sure that i don't get you in trouble with Streamyard. otherwise i would turn around because there's apparently a chicago tradition of a naked bike ride so i have about 500 naked people biking by me right now we we had that out here too it's 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 a it's a national thing we had the naked bike ride out here also yeah so like they out here they like out here out here like this is this is a why so, like, I'm trying to seriously report and give my opinion on Vince McMahon's debauchery <laughs> and lechery and uh, the media coverage. I'll start with the media because this is ridiculous. Um, hey, 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 Rich, you, you said 500 people out there, man. I know it smells crazy out there. 500. Yeah, it's like it's more than 500 because they keep they won't stop. Like it, it's like it's like the, this dude just came by with a Chicago Bulls flag and that's all he had to his name. <laughs> There was a dude on a unicycle yeah. with a Donald Trump mask. I think oh, it was dang. Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so they do this every year. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my sister told me. Like last time I came here a couple of years ago before the pandemic, and it was like the clothes version of the tour. And then, uh oh, I think I saw, uh, I think I saw Great Ocon. I think I saw Great Ocon. Great Ocon. <laughs> in Rome. Went in Rome. Mm. But it's like, it's not. This is like we are getting it. So I, for people watching on Streamyard, I'm so sorry. I, I don't want to get them in trouble and like just turn around and see this insanity. But this is a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we we live, folks. We live. We we live on tape, but we live. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what your what are your rules of streaming? Because I'm not trying to get you kicked off the air. But if y'all want to see what I'm seeing, this is going to be on YouTube, so we don't want to mess with the monetization. Oh, yeah, I ain't messing with post wrestling. I don't want way way kicking me in the face. I, I, you ain't gonna get the kid like that. Don't mess with my <laughs> bag, man. Wait till ain't about that. Yeah, yeah. Wait till ain't about fumbling no bags. So, yeah, so speaking of fumbling a bag, I think Vince is doing that because uh, I wrote about it in this month's observe, uh, my guy, in this month's torch uh, column about the fact that he was so arrogant in going out there and banking on the regular media to treat him like the sideshow he is and to treat WWE like the sideshow he is. But the funny thing is, they're a publicly traded company. And when you're a publicly traded company and you're doing stuff like this, people care. This isn't just, you know, with the Chatterley case or the ring boys case back in the eighties or even with the steroid trial where you could kind of say it's just wrestling. This is sadly, you mentioned at the beginning, Nate, this is, you know, corporate white dude doing corporate white dude stuff. And typically when that happens, you get got. And so with the multitude of lawsuits and then from the wrestling dealing with the media, bringing it up and people fighting through it. Like, you know, a lot of times I wrote, like I said, um, John Cena, and Stephanie are the two I feel the most for this in because Stephanie did that, you know, a couple of years ago, she said like philanthropy is the future of marketing and that's how corporations are going to win. Mm-hmm. And so you forward and all the goodwill they've done with any of the marketing and any of the PR they've done over, you know, be a star campaign. You're blowing it up for a guy who arguably doesn't care. He just doesn't care. And we saw that on Friday. We saw it on Monday mm-hmm. and John's, you have a guy who set the record for Make-A-Wishes. Do you really think he wants his name drug out there to kind of sports wash like the Saudi government did with them or like they're doing with Newcastle in the Premier League? Do, do you really think he wants his name associated with Vince McMahon right now? Mm. Why? Mm. And, and so I think there's a lot going on here. And I think ultimately, I think he is going to get got. I think his little... Mm. Yeah. Okay. Down the stairs might be something like the last thing we remember from him. And I, I mentioned a Wade at the torch. He's going to be like, to me, classy Freddie Blasty or one of those guys where they can put him out there for WrestleMania or they can have him sit down and talk. But I, I think after this smoke clears, he's not going to be able to do what he did with impunity anymore. Mm. Yeah, I think because that was kind of my thought, Rich. I think it all comes down to how much does this affect the bag at the, at the end of the day? Because I feel like if this is one of those things where it's a two or three week news cycle and then it just kind of dissipates into the ether, then maybe Vince survives this. And I think that's also part of the reason he settled up with Oliver Luck because he didn't want the image of Vince McMahon Mm. in the courtroom while this is going on. But if this starts affecting advertisers and sponsors and networks, they're going to give Vince out the paint. At least that's what I think. Uh, Chris, we mentioned you – in another life, Chris, you you used to be a paralegal. Uh, obviously, not you wasn't making him you wasn't making him WWE <laughs> dollars, but you know you was doing all right, brother. Uh, yeah. So, what what are your thoughts on this story? And and to Rich's point, like 
can Vince survive this? Okay, um, so I'm going to try to be as diplomatic as I can when I'm talking about uh, Vince McMahon. <laughs> but Vince McMahon... Don't, get, don't a, get us fired, man. Don't get us fired. We'll, we'll, we'll do the best I can. Uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon is a trash human being working in um, a company that's historically been a trash company working in an industry that's historically been a trash industry. That's just the bottom line of it. Now, um, as far as Vince McMahon is concerned, um, I talk about cognitive dissonance often on this show and people, I'm going to explain what cognitive dissonance is. So people will understand my approach to wrestling and wrestling coverage because Okay, when I was 286 pounds, um, I had two competing thoughts in my head. One thought was um, I need to lose weight because I'm way too fat at the moment. Um, And then the other thought was I like eating junk food and drinking beer when I get off of work. And that felt good. Both of them, you know, like mm-hmm. both of them are true at the same time, right? Uh, but those two thoughts can't coexist with each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's kind of like um, how I had to I had to sift through. Okay, when it was time to lose weight, what do I want more? I can rationalize. Hey, eating junk food it makes me feel good. You only live once. You know, drinking a ton of beer and stuff. It's, it, it is what it is. I like. I work real hard. This is my only satisfaction for a week, for for the week, day, whatever. Um, but at the same time, I need to lose weight. So those mm. competing ideas had to, one of them had to die. So for me, the one that had to die was I needed to lose weight. And that's what I did. So when I say there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in wrestling, in particularly with the WWE, because on one hand, you have the very disgusting, perverted, sick-ass Vince McMahon on one hand. And then on the other hand, you have the hundreds of people that he, uh, you know, pays their salary, the jobs that are provided. They Mm -hmm. do good community work. We can recognize this and say, so the company has evolved and the company's not what it was in the 1980s. We can, we can understand that and admit that that's true, but we can also say that there's still trash practices that go on in WWE. So the question for us as fans is how do we sift through this duality? As far as, um, as, as far as um, Vince McMahon is concerned, um, this is just the kind of behavior I, I um, expect from him. I said this on um, on uh, Andrew and um, Andrew and um, Mark. Why? But yeah, uh, Bushby's show. I said this on their show. I, I do think that the you, there's so many you 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 have uh, so many people in your company that take bullets for you. After a while, you might run out of bullets, but more importantly, you might run out of people. 
that are willing mm-hmm. to take those bullets, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody in those positions, those power positions, whether it's uh, uh, Berrios and the other dude, whether it's Jim Ross, um, John Laurinaitis, who was doing grimy stuff with Vince McMahon, um, they all—they're there to take these bullets for this guy, um, and um, you know, and Vince McMahon is justice is gonna come for Vince McMahon. Um, whether that's—I don't know if he's gonna go to jail or anything. I don't know if it's gonna be that serious. Um, but I mm-hmm. like um, you alluded to earlier, Nate. One of my first jobs out of college was as a paralegal out of my, when I was done with my master's degree was, was as a paralegal. Um, uh, I told, I think I said on, uh, on, uh, on Bushby and Thompson's show that I got 60, I think it was probably more like 40 K a year. I hated it. I hated every (laughs) minute of being a paralegal. It, It sucked. It's one of the worst jobs I've ever had. But I was getting like 40K a week. This woman was a good paralegal because they started her off at 100K. A, uh, uh, a four, I was getting paid 40K a year. And they started her off at 100K a year, which is about right for mm. a good paralegal. Now, getting a 100% raise uh, within like a year or two of being a paralegal means usually one or two things one of two things you are either the greatest paralegal on the face of the earth nobody's touching your paralegal skills you go through those documents you do a fantastic job of it or (laughs) your boss is getting fringe benefits Mm. um i'm just uh 100 raise is absolutely ridiculous so I'm not going to, he hasn't been convicted of anything, but th- I just know how this, this kind of stuff goes, man. This is, mm-hmm. this seems like a quid pro quo situation is like, Hey, you know, I'm old. Um, I don't feel like going to the club and spitting at these <laughs> chicks. Let me, <clears throat> you know, use this money, pay for a concubine, if you will. And, do that, and then, uh, and also, um, the wrestling media. I think we did. We've been doing the best we can. Mainstream mm-hmm. media, not so much. CNN, Jake Taper, just yo, you know, the Jake, like, that Jake Taper clip, man. Yeah, and and, 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 and I think people, the, the Jake Taper, because you t- you contrast this to Snyder with the Washington Commanders. Mm-hmm. And Vince McMahon, th- there's similar situations, but Snyder is going in front of Congress. And mm-hmm. Vince McMahon is walking, you know, doing the same thing he's been doing for, you know, whatever. And I don't, he, who knows what kind of crap he's got going on behind the scenes, man. So, yeah, I, I can't rock with Vince McMahon, you know. And, um, you know, I don't mind covering uh, WWE. Um, Because somebody makes has to be a check on their excesses and on this kind of bullshit. Um, But yeah, I'm just not a fan of the way all of this has gone down. And Brad Shepard, you 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 doxed that poor woman. Um, 
on yeah, uh, Twitter. That was fun. You don't man. you don't do that kind of shit, man. Um, and um, and you know it, it's just messed up. And um, and the fact that you know I'm not gonna if if she is as melanated as that picture suggests, hmm. it is just an extra layer of Vince's crap. And that's that's just my opinion. And they, and they just just to chime in on the uh, piggyback off what Chris Ambridge said about you know this like I know Rich had mentioned that this could potentially be the thing that might that 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 could put put Vince out of uh put Vince out of power like especially with you know that Oliver Luck lawsuit and him selling it on that and then you got all these different um law firms just coming out the woodworks man investigating WWE I feel yep. like him like so so him. Like, obviously, he didn't appear on the, uh, the most recent Friday Night SmackDown. But if he were to again, I, I, I really don't think that's going to do him any favors in that department to which Rich was referring to in terms of him he even being in like the creative uh, position. Like I, I don't know exactly. I'm, I'm assuming that the uh, board of directors can you know remove him from that as well. But like you got the Scott and Scott attorneys and and um, the Lebatons, such a role law firm investigating the man, they investigating the, uh, the directors and the officers within WWE and looking into everything. And you, it's it just so many different law firms that's taking that's taking a look at what's going on right now based off their first uh, initial Wall Street Journal report. So like you would think that one or somebody would be in Vince's ear telling him to like so you like bro you need to sit your old ass down somewhere and like please <laughs> stay, like stay stay out of the way. But like yeah yeah again 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 just to repeat what I said earlier and I know we're all in agreement that this was like him appearing on TV is like that thing of like hey you know look at me I'm not running from the situation I'm facing I'm right here and you know everything's fine mm-hmm. and, we, and you know we got that picture of him jumping off the steps and all that type of stuff like it is it, it, it's completely yeah if we if we let, let's let's use that word unprofessional that they like to throw around you know <laughs> they, they 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 like to throw, yes. throw around quite <laughs> quite a few times over the mm-hmm. past month man but um. Yeah, like, hey, hey Chris, I, I want to actually ask you as somebody who's like sort of like tied into that field. When you see all the law firms investigating the ins and outs on top of the board of directors trying to conduct their own investigation, do you think there's like an end game to? But do you think there's like an end to all the law firms doing it, or do you think like it's like um, it it, it it'll be like a long shot before it like actually goes anywhere in terms of court wise or, or, or do you think could like turn into like a legitimate thing you know in, well, in, the, it, in the near future it's a closer shot than it's ever been i'll tell you mm-hmm. that much um if, if it was a long shot a year ago it ain't that much of a long shot now now here's the thing with with um Vince McMahon had this woman sign a NDA, yeah, yeah, um, yep. a, non- a non-disclosure agreement. That's typically what a lot of wrestlers have to sign with him when they part ways with this company. Basically, mm. it's saying, okay, we won't trash you as a company on the way out the door, and you don't trash us either. Right. We go our separate ways. NDAs are a common thing. Sometimes they're they're just a necessary um, evil, um, especially if it was a contract situation. So I guess if I'm going to compare it to anything in media, um, Monique and Netflix, um, Monique mm-hmm. had this, she sued Netflix because I guess she said they didn't give her a big offer. They were discriminating. Um, this thing's been looming over Netflix's head for a while. Um, we don't know what Netflix paid her off in the settlement, but Netflix wants this to go away because, um, 
Monique is this is this is gonna get annoying for him, right? So they mm-hmm. pay him off. You won't say anything about us. We won't say mm-hmm. anything about you. You can live your life. I can live your life. I can live. We can live our lives, and everybody wins or whatever. So we don't know if if Monique got a million dollars or five hundred thousand dollars or what, but we just know that it's gone away, and that's typically how you want it to be. Now, when you add sexual harassment and things of that nature on top of it. Then we're getting into unethical territory, right? Now we're yeah. getting into and this. This goes beyond a, a simple business agreement. This goes beyond you are in a supreme position of power in the company that you work for. You are a horny old dude, um, so you're going to pay this woman a hundred grand extra a year. I still can't get over that. Uh, that 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 is more. Uh, telling to me that the three million that that he gave her to shut up, he gave her three million and an extra hundred grand a year. You know what I can mm-hmm. do with an extra hundred grand a year, man? <laughs> um, I'm just saying, this is this is nuts, yo. This is absolutely y'all know how many pairs of golden headphones Chris could buy? <laughs> you an extra hundred thousand dollars a year, dude, dude, man. I I would take uh, I would pay uh, for a rich fan and his sister. Uh, at that restaurant, if I could just get the extra hundred grand a year, man, I, I do a I do a lot with that, you know. And and this is and this is the thing that wrestling media we can't let this just go by without right. reminding people of what's going on. And we have to talk to real media. And that was a, a problem that I had um this week as well because um, <clears throat> I had a friend of mine who I'm not going to name. But he's a member of the media and he has a he runs a pretty legitimate operation. And he asked me to come on um, his show to talk about this Vince stuff. But I saw the coverage of it and they were kind of, you know, treating it like 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 a joke, because, you know, in their opinion, Vince McMahon is a joke and wrestling is a joke. And um, I'm not going to be a, a party to, to, to that kind of stuff. You want to treat this like a serious story and you want me to tell you what I know about this company and um, the um, the unethical stuff that's been reported to happen there. I'll be more than happy to talk about it. If, if all you want me to do is come on your show so you can just crack jokes on wrestlers, wrestlers and wrestling yeah. fans and stuff. That's not what I'm about, um, yeah. you know. Because even when I say wrestling is a trash industry, I'm not saying it because I think I don't respect the craft of wrestling, or because I um, don't respect the business of wrestling. What I don't respect are the organizational structures in wrestling that allow for this kind of crap to continue to happen, and totally. everybody is too afraid to call this man out on this stuff or when they do or when they do finally call call him out it's like when their their bridge is so burnt with the company mm-hmm. that it it goes away and or or when you need money again from the company it's like oh yeah that was old old stuff that was old guard things are different now mm-hmm. and it's like <clears throat> and that's the problem with him having a monopoly on the North American wrestling scene for so long. Yeah. And I think that 
It's going to be interesting because, honestly, the fact that Vince skated by during speaking out blew my mind to a certain extent. Uh, but I hope through this process that all of this stuff, man, gets put out there. What's done in the dark must come to the light. So I hope mm-hmm. all of the, the dirt that has been done in this company, particularly by that man over the years, is laid bare and laid uh, as naked as them 100-plus bike riders that just rode past the good brother Rich fan <laughs> While he's out there eating dinner, uh, but uh, uh, and I know I like we we know, we're not trying to monopolize too much of Rich's time, so I do want to see if we can hit some more stories to get Rich's thoughts on him because the brother has great insight. So, uh, Andrew, you have any news that you want to bring up that we can chop up? Oh uh, man, so I think one of the other biggest stories from the past month uh, since we last did our podcast, man, was the Sasha Banks and Naomi situation. Uh, obviously, yes. I think every I, I think everybody knows what happened by now. You know, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Um, they, 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 they left the arena, um, and, and, you know, left the arena before Monday Night Raw got started, um, uh, uh, got started on USA Network and, you know, WWE had released their statement about it. And then, you know, they had Corey Graves and Michael Cole refer to them as unprofessional for leaving. And, you know, in WWE statement, you know, they said that, um, they noted that Sasha Banks and Naomi went up to the now, uh, on administrative leave, uh, John Laurinaitis and, and, and threw their title, but not through their title, but placed their title belts on his desk and they left. And, you know, they, WWE framed it as Sasha and Naomi felt that they were uncomfortable working with two of the people that were supposed to be in that, uh, in that multi-person match uh, to, to determine, I, I believe, Bianca Belair's opponent at Hell in a Cell. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and just, just to touch on that, because uh, I, I, I do want to, like, like you said, I'm going to get Rich's thoughts on this, but I, I didn't like that framing because I, I, I feel like that's trying to turn their co-workers against them by, mm-hmm. by doing that. They have an issue with two people in the match thing. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, feel like that, I feel like that was, like, hella shady right there, and I think that's trying to turn their co-workers against them and try to like you know obviously what they were trying to do was hey look, look at them being unprofessional in this situation quote unquote and 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 the, and the, and the baffling thing about it was and in that statement that they put out was like you know wwe's a scripted television show and it like like really trying right. to keen it we're really trying to keen in on like hey look at them walking out on this fake show like, mm-hmm. like they're, they're being unprofessional about it and stuff like that and then knowing the ramifications that that could have on outside business ventures like sasha banks of course is in a mandalorian i'm pretty sure if naomi wanted to get in any type of acting field she could probably get her uh, foot in the door somewhere you know what i'm saying so i i feel like that's that, that that's also something like to sort of throw a dig at them if they were to leave wwe you know what i'm saying yeah. I, I feel like everything within how wwe handled it was hella shady and i don't think that they, they that, that that was reacting all pure emotion and I don't think anybody legit thought that through that whole situation through. Cause I think any of us in any situation, I'm pretty sure if it was you, Nate, if it was you, Chris, if it was you, Rich, like if, if y'all were in that situation in terms of the, the, being the ones in power of the situation, I'm pretty sure you guys would have been like, okay, let's get through this taping first. Let's get through the show first. And then let me hit up Sasha and Naomi after let's talk the shit out. And then, you know, we'll right. figure it out from there. Try addressing them live on air and airing them out for What, what was that for the, 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 Friday, the Monday night raw and the Friday night SmackDown proceeding that, I feel like that was, and, and, and they're calling them unprofessional. I think that was very unprofessional from a multi-billion yep. dollar company or million dollar company, whatever it is. Like, I, I don't think that you should, and, and especially considering that these are two of your top flight talents. You, you got mm-hmm. literally two of the sort of the, 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 the front runners in your women's division, the front runners in your company in general, two of the most popular athletes in your company that you can, uh, 
you can throw out there, man. So I, 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 I really don't think they handled that situation well at all. And they honestly didn't give Naomi or Sasha a legit reason to want to come back. And um, yeah, like, I, I, uh, we, we, I'm gonna get definitely going to get Rich's thoughts before we, you know, dive into you know more more of that situation of what's being reported. But Rich, when you first saw the statement from W, man, what was your niche about it and and how they handled the situation? And and, and I, actually, how do you think Naomi and Sasha handled the situation? They really haven't uh addressed it at all. They haven't. Yeah, so I think, uh, and and when you brought this up, Andrew, it was like I was I had to get up out from my seat because <laughs> I want to kind of walk and talk because I was like, this is oh, it got me fired up <laughs> because like like my first initial thoughts were I always side with labor, I always side with yes, and 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 you know Wade and I argued about that because Wade's like, well, you know, from what I'm hearing, sometimes the staff. Like they're seeing it. It's not like a black or white thing. It's not like a female thing. It is a Sasha is a difficult person to deal with. And I wrote this in my column for this month's torch. If she's so difficult, did you ever take a 500 foot step back to think if this is how this guy treats women, any woman that has agency is always going to be seen as difficult to him. Mm -hmm. And then if that's the case, any woman who knows her value, hello, Sable (laughs) is always going to be seen as difficult. You don't hear that about The Rock. You don't hear that about Cena. You did hear it when they left, but you didn't hear it when they were in the process of leaving. The only person he did that to was Steve because he intentionally tried to cut Steve down. Mm -hmm. And Steve said, nah, and I'm going to go out. I'm leaving. And when they say take your ball and go home or when they talk about and and that's the other thing, too. If you think about it, Dasha and Naomi are in great company because the last few times this happened, you could even go back in the 80s and he would put like things out where you say these guys are coward, yeah. no no good, so-and-so's, et cetera. But when you think about the lineage of you had the freaking Rock burying Steve Austin and then you have Cena burying the Rock for being part-time. And, you know, when we were talking about that at the time with Rock and Cena, and I don't want to take away from the win, but I want to set the stage for them. It was like, oh, man, I can't believe that. You know, Cena's going to learn from this. You know, he's going to learn that, like, you know, it's going to bite you in the butt. Well, Vince has to learn this is going to bite him in the butt because he already had to settle the lawsuit with Oliver Luck Mm -hmm. because you can't have that many fronts of a war at once. And then you add in the fact that Sasha and Naomi, I think the only thing Naomi did was put up the uh, one tweet with the video. And then she just put up something with, like, her living life. Sasha hasn't said a word. Yeah. Yeah. And Sasha's Um, smart. Like, I've always said Sasha... Like when that Disney series starts up and she's ready to be a Mandalorian again, she don't need Vince. Like her and her husband set it up where she got that national championship intro on her own. That wasn't WWE. That wasn't Nick Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so and the thing it, is, go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, Rich, because I love where you're going with this. Because when you look at this from the labor perspective. Right. We're not talking wrestling here. We're talking workers. And I think anybody at their job. If you are being asked to be in a situation that is either A, not uh, beneficial to you, or B, uncomfortable, or C, just plain stupid, the only recourse you really have as an employee, like you could say go to HR, you know, you could say, you know, file a complaint, whatever, whatever. The only resource, the only recourse you have is to withhold your labor. Like, that's the only thing that's really going to get the attention of management, Rich. And so, like, when they're calling Sasha unprofessional and all this, and Naomi, you're unprofessional, and you let down all these fans. It's like, nah, man. Like, they ain't let me down, Rich. Like, I'm sure. They didn't let Chris down. They didn't let Andrew down. They didn't let you down because 
not only have we seen these performers been put in positions like this over the years, but it's just people that have worked in the workforce, and particularly black folks in the workforce. We know what the game is, Rich. Hey, 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 Rich, real, real quick before, before, you, before you jump back in, where, where was that unprofessional uh, statement and sentiment when, when um, Becky and Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair had that little uh, thing, thing before Survivor Series when that whole segment went, went, went south and the edit thing, mm. and, that, and they, they had that whole blow up. There was no unprofessional thing. There was no none of that, but you decided to a, a, a out mm. these two individuals. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like it, we, there have been plenty of instances where people have had these blow ups before and you know, uh, instead of handling how they usually handle keeping things behind the scenes, you decide to edit this one out. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So there you go. Yeah, and Andrew, to your point, they, they were, where was the unprofessional uh, statement when Ronda was on Twitter before WrestleMania, her first mm-hmm. WrestleMania, saying, y'all know in real life I'd stretch these chicks. Mm-hmm. So whatever you see, you see. Don't Don't get that twisted. Like, yeah. and now they've folded that into a story with her and Natty, where she's right. bringing Natty bringing stuff up on SmackDown. She's bringing stuff up on SmackDown. Like the fact that Ronda had the ability to stay. Think about that. You're in a company where AJ Lee and her book mentions she couldn't get pulled up from FCW, which Dusty Rhodes and, and Triple H was running a certain way because uh, management didn't think she was uh, screwable. And. Mm. Now you have Ronda Rousey saying that Natty, one of their stalwart wrestler, like, you know, legacy people, uh, mutilated her body to compete with an unrealistic narrative for her body. It's like, well, who provided that one? Let's let's play that. Let's play Matlock. Let's follow that thread. Who was the one who greenlit that? Who who ordered the code red? Vince, let's hear it. <laughs> hey, 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 Rich, 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 to follow up on your point, do you do you think that um them like really taking this approach with Sasha and Naomi is a thing of them being like, oh, two of our good soldiers, they they, they don't want to be in the fight no more. They because like you know we we saw, seen the reports that came out that Naomi was supposed to face Bianca Belair um at the Hell in the Cell pay per view and Sasha was set to face uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and both of them were going to lose while they were tag team champions. Do you think it has something mm. to do with, oh, hey, look, man, uh, two of our good soldiers, the ones who always we can depend on, they don't want to do it anymore, so we got we got to flip the switch on them. No, I think it was also, like, people, like, okay, I thought it was them getting annoyed at employees who were put in an untenable situation. If you tell me I'm going to be given a tag title and make it work, and then you follow that up with, oh, we're going to give you these throwaway single match bosses. Like, that ain't what they're doing right now with Asuka and, Be- and Becky. It's far more uh, complex and far more uh, helpful for both of those women than what right. they were going to plan for those two, the rich with, with Naomi and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Sasha. And so I think it's a message like, hey, go along, get along, but then also eat what you're fed. Mm-hmm. And I love when Sasha said, I eat steak like Vince now. This is, but we just saw what Vince McMahon does when someone puts him in a corner and tells him he's wrong. So why mm-hmm. should her, yeah. why should his, if, if his employees think they're at that level, why should they behave the same? Why should they? Yeah. I, I think, I think, um, I wrote about this on WrestleNomics on my first article. Um, what it is, is, these the difference between Sasha and Aobi versus whatever bullcrap uh, Charlotte and uh, um, what's Becky her Lynch. name uh, Becky. Becky Lynch had is 
Charlotte, uh, Sasha and Naomi was like, we out this piece. <laughs> they was like, we, 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 we are going home. F yeah. you and F this company. I don't know if they said that, but they left. And then even the report to that part of the story, we, they said, oh, they left right before Raw. They left. They, yeah. they had a good six, seven hours notice <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from most reports. That that said so they have plenty of time to figure something out. And still promoting um, the match, Chris. Yeah, and then yeah, for real. They promoted the match. They stood they knew it wasn't gonna happen, but still promoted yep. it. And then um also, like, where was that unprofessional statement when Vince McMahon got caught, you know, playing grab ass backstage? You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's it's mm. like if you're gonna and here's the thing. That stuff with Vince McMahon happened, came out this year. If it was 20 years ago, you can make the argument, okay, it was in the past, whatever. I mean, to be fair, we got stuff on Vince from 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, so. And, and this year, and this year. That's the yeah. thing, it's like, if you if you know this shit is looming, coming, around, coming down the pike, why would you put these sisters out there like that, you know? Mm. And um, and then I heard people like um, because the reporting on this I didn't love from some people in the media, um, the the wrestling media saying, um, how can you make this about race? And let me tell you something, uh-huh. <laughs> Vince McMahon does not get the benefit of the doubt with me and other black wrestling media members. He just doesn't, man. I could just, I mean, I, I could, they had, you know, I could point to Tony Atlas, you know, uh, being a spear shucker. You know what I'm saying? I could, I could spoke, I could point to, you know, Broadus Clay saying he was born a shucking jive. I could point yes. to this man saying the N word on TV. This is so. Don't don't come at me with this crap. Oh, this isn't about race. I don't. I'm not saying it is about race, but I'm not a. I'm not so far out there and stupid if I think it might be about race. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's not a, that's not an out there thought, and that's not an out there notion. So the members of the media, wrestling media, that are doing that shit, don't do it. There's been a lot that haven't been doing that. I, I didn't see any of the. Um, of uh, Sean Ross Sapp's uh, gra- uh, Fightful Cats doing that. I didn't see any of that stuff from them. But I did see this from other members of the media. Um, just And not, not only just saying it wasn't about race, but just so matter-of-factly saying it's right. not about race. Like, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with Nate. There's something wrong with, 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 with us if we... If we just suggest, at the mere suggestion mm-hmm. that it's about race, oh, you guys are are freaking idiots! You know, mm-hmm. miss me with that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. let me let me let me let me let me let me take the, the baton real quick. Um, yeah, Nate. Uh, yeah, Nate. And let, let, let me matter of fact, let me go full screen on this for anybody watching the Uh-oh. video. So, whenever people say <laughs> it's not about race or why are you bringing race into this or blase blase, here's the thing about race. And America. And last time I checked, Rich Fan, the WWE was a company that was based in America. The thing about race and America is look at look at look at a cake. 
cake got eggs, flour, sugar, vanilla extract, frosting, all sorts of good things in the cake. Saying issues in America and like why you bringing race into it is like looking at that cake rich fan and saying, why are you talking about flour, man? This ain't got nothing to do with flour. <laughs> flour is baked into the crust. It's woven into the fabric of that thing. So when you look at America, yes, this might not be explicitly or specifically about race, but you can't just dismiss that that does not play a factor, particularly when you're talking about two black women standing up for themselves in the workplace. You know, that is often seen as being difficult, often seen as why do you have an attitude often seen as why are you making this so hard at the workplace when it's behavior that might be accepted, sometimes even celebrated if it came from a white dude. And so I think these are things we need to think about when we talk about these issues. And so uh, I think my last thing on this is, you know, you talked about Andrew, they put out a statement or something talking about, you know, that, this is a scripted show. Well, yeah. if it's a scripted show, you can write a better script than we need mm-hmm. to publicly embarrass these women on national right. TV and, and shame them and talk about how they disappointed the fans. If you as good a writer as you claim to be, if you're a good as creative team as you claim to be, you can write a damn story around these women leaving. And you know what? When they come back, that story's going to be even bigger. But you didn't want to do that because you had to tell had to make an example out of these women on live TV. And and here's and this is why I say that WWE is a is a trash company because in most businesses, if there's if somebody walks out of their job, let's say the person that walks out of the job is let's say they're one hundred percent at fault. At fault. Mm-hmm. My job isn't going to release a public memo or <laughs> statement burying me. You know what I'm saying? Right. They want to keep. They're going to want to keep that in house in between right. the parties that it involves because this they're afraid. Chris was of, just unprofessional. He was. Chris yeah. was on that Moderna. That's why we had to let him go. <laughs> that Moderna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 the reason why they they don't do that because you risk a lawsuit mm-hmm. when you do that kind of stuff. That is um, that what they did was actually libel because it was written. If it was spoken, mm-hmm. it was slander. And then they slandered them, too, on commentary with, with, with yep. Corey Graves because nobody in that comp- company has the autonomy to tell Vince McMahon to F off. And this mm-hmm. is a, this is what I love about Sasha and Naomi. Also, and, and there's there's so many layers to this, too. Sasha like and – yeah, exactly. Like what? What is my, my one of my favorite quotes comes from the great author Alice Walker. What I wrote about, which I wrote about in WrestleNomics, WrestleNomics is the easiest way for people to lose power is by not believing that they have power to begin with, right? Mm. Um, mm. These, there's an AEW that exists now. There's the Mandalorian that Sasha was on. She's getting calls and offers. She's starting to realize, okay, the wrestling industry isn't what it was when I first signed for this company in 2013, whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? The wrestling wrestling industry has changed, and it's too the benefit of the workers. Now, not everybody can go. And I think a lot of reason why the the wrestlers were mad at those two is because not everybody 
can do what they did and still have a job. Sasha Banks still hasn't been released yet. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why is because they're trying to figure something out. I'm sure she's going to get released. I'm so I'm sure Naomi's going to get released also. Um, but and they're not. And, and, and this this BS notion that these women are actors is stupid. It's dumb. It's wrestlers are not actors. And I tell you, the main reason why wrestlers are not actors is the fact that we're refer- referring to these women as. Naomi and Sasha Banks and not as Trinity Fatu or Mercedes Vernado mm-hmm. shows you that wrestlers are not actors because when Sly, Stall- Sly Stallone does a Rocky movie <laughs> when, when he goes on the interview circuit he's <laughs> Sylvester Stallone he's not Rocky Balboa uh, hi, hi. this is, this is Jake Tapper Jake Tapper here with Rocky Balboa yeah, tell us about how you trained Adonis Creed Right, yeah. These these WWE performers are expected. They take these slave names when they get Dang. when they sign to the roster. Unless you are just somebody, unless you signed with the company when they weren't giving out slave names like Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> or if you if you um, are a big enough name to tell them to f their slave name. You sign these names, and then you go on all these talk shows. You go on Fallon, you go on Kimmel, you go on all these shows, and you're expected to be um, Sasha Banks, Roman Reigns, uh, Naomi. These, this is who you're expected to be. Mm-hmm. You never get to strip yourself of that persona unless you're out chilling with friends and stuff like that. So these wrestlers are not actors. They are they are on the clock, theoretically, 24-7, mm-hmm working for WWE, it gets taxing on people. Like that's the, um, even when I explain to people, when I do uh, diversity training and stuff like that, when you do, you know, when you clock into work is the minute you wake up in the morning and you get ready, you take a shower, you brush your teeth, you hop in the car and you drive however far it takes you to get to work. All of that is part of that job. You you don't get paid for that stuff, but it's all part of that job. Imagine having to be this character all the time and then being told by your stupid-ass boss that, (laughs) oh, you are an actor and a performer. We just own your name that we expect you to tell everybody in the fucking media this is who you are. Mm. WWE is full of shit. That's all I got. <laughs> well, real, real quick before we let Andrew pick up on that, we gotta we gotta say goodbye to uh, our, our special guest this week. That man, Rich Fan Rich. Uh, we appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. You always do good work in the torch. Any final words before we let you go? Yeah, as always, guys. It was a pleasure. Um, I apologize out with family and the battery's low, so I didn't want to be like that guy, but I also don't want to be like that guy. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a good conversation that needs to happen. And uh, I think one of the other ones I think you guys are already going to talk about is, you know, when QT Marshall gets on a pay-per-view, uh, I'm going to need to see Ricky Starks. I'm going to need to see Powerhouse um, or I'm going to have a problem with that. Uh, as always, thank you for your time. If you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Rich underscore fan, F-A-N-N. As always, find me at the torch. You can find me whenever Nate puts up the fan signal. I'm happy to oblige. 
And uh, whenever Brother WH does the same, I'm happy to do a little cartwheel and hop over that forbidden fence and uh, pop over here with Postland. So all three of you guys inspire me and are very, very, very uh, dear to me in terms of the work y'all do and the fact that I can look for folks that look like me when I'm in these situations. So hope y'all enjoy this weekend. And it's always a pleasure for being on. Yes, we appreciate you, Rich. Always glad for the time. And uh, stay stay with us for one more second, because I was going to save this for later, but I know you headed out the door. So I'm going to give you this real quick right before you go, brother. All right. (laughs) Uh, Martin had a dream. Martin had a dream. Devontae have a dream. Oh, my yeah. fucking God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our official Cody <laughs> Devontae Rhodes drop here on the NWA podcast. What do you Bruh. think, Rich? Oh, well, I think Devontae, he just does the work. He's doing the work that we needed. And so I appreciate it. Sometimes a hero arises. It's not oh, the hero we need, it's the hero we deserve, and Devontae is the hero we deserve. I <laughs> uh, appreciate you, Rich, man. Have a good time out there, man. All right, guys. All right. All right, Thanks, man. Rich. Hey, 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 Nate. Hold on, bro. What? <laughs> Yo, talk talk to him, hey, nephew. Hey, what you think on. about that, man? For uh, hold on. Hold on. The, 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 Chris, have you seen that before? No, nah, this is my first time. Yeah, that, that was the first time. World premiere. This is a world premiere, nephew. Oh, my goodness, man. You you, the best. you got that man, Cody, out here. They, 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 hold on, wait. See, they, they, that, that, that was your version of whole Cody up like Simba. That, that was your version. <laughs> <laughs> Cody up above the mountain rock. <laughs> hey, hey, man. That, all right. That, I, I, I knew that one, Nate. That was funny. I was not expecting that. Cool, cool, kudos to Brother Nate, man, on, on the production value right there. He acting this man, Cody. Hey, hey, hey Nate, I sw- uh, Nate, Chris, I swear, that, that picture of Cody standing in between MLK and Malcolm, uh, Malcolm? Ge- yeah. geeks me every time, bro. Yeah, I swear, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it kills me every time, man. But like <laughs> go, going back to the go, going back to the Sasha Naomi thing, man. To what Chris yes. actually said, uh, she th- th- there has been multiple reports about it. Um, you know, just to state the sources, uh, Wrestling Inc. They they had they were first on the story and reported that Shasha Banks had been granted um her release for the company. Um, FOW Align added in another report and said that Sasha's lawyers were working on the situation. And then when it came from the FIFO front, uh, it's uh, a lot of well-connected people saying uh, Sasha had been released from the company, but it has not been confirmed by WWE themselves. And they have not, mm-hmm. you know, confirmed anything to any media members or anything like that. So it just seems like a thing of like, we're just going to have to wait and see in terms of Sasha. There really hasn't been anything on the Naomi front. Like, and I think that's very, very interesting. Like I, maybe it's just because, you know, maybe Naomi's party is maybe just a little bit more close to the vest type thing or, or have yeah. that, however that works out. But um and uh, Chris, I wanted to go to you and then you know kick it over to you, Nate. But when you're looking at the potential, and we we just speaking hypothetically here, but if Sasha is well, Sasha is to get her uh, release from WWE, like the the options that are out there for her, um, you know, obviously AEW being one, and I I I don't know why people like I see people try to like deny that as being an option. I'm like, dude, yeah. like Sasha literally flew to Japan on her own dime to go train at the Sendai Girls Dojo with Mako Setamura while she was under contract at WWE just for the fuck of it. Like yeah, well, she, bro, she 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 loves professional wrestling, bro. Like yeah. I like that like she she legitimately loves it. So I, I don't think I don't I doubt there's no doubt in my mind for a second that if you know if 
she were to get released, that there would be some type of conversation between her and Tony Khan. But but Chris, when, yeah. when you looking at the when you looking at the potential options for Sasha Banks, man, like of course we seen her on the Kevin Hart the uh, Kevin Hart the uh, thing that she got going on, of course the Mandalorian college football yeah. uh, opener, like the, the sky's yeah. the limit for her, bro. On top of the, what she could do in wrestling uh, post WWE. Yeah, she was on like hot ones. She was yep. on, you know, taking that ice bath and whatnot. Um, you know, she's got famous cousins. My boy Ray J. That versus yeah. with some ass, Chris. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna. Hey, Ray J. I'm not gonna give you any slander. He. <laughs> I don't, uh, look, uh, Andrew, like, come, hold on, hold on, yeah. Chris. I'm, I'm gonna say what you ain't trying to say. But look, Andrew, yeah. we trying to get. This, yeah, this right waste money, man. <laughs> Try to get this sponsorship, my dog. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't mess yeah. up the bag, nephew. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, real talk before oh, we get back on subject, Ray J is that that stuff that he does on TV is an act. I met mm. that guy. He is the one of the nicest dudes I've met in the industry, and that's real talk. He he was he was cordial. He was talking to me. He wasn't rushing me off and stuff like that. Um, so I'm convinced that all the dodge says he does on TV is an act. Um, I, I'd chill on the meeting with Trump stuff if I was him. But, you know, hey, <laughs> trying to get to the bag. I'm not going to uh, bash you or whatever. But, yeah, man. Um, and also, I got to say this, too, about the Sasha and Naomi stuff. First of all, if they get released... They're, they're going to AEW because it's, <laughs> it just is what it is. You know, there's an AEW to go to, so they're yeah. going to go there unless Sasha is just get, get, getting offers. And that, and that wouldn't surprise me either. But we got to – and this is one of the things that I've seen from a lot of white wrestling media saying bullshit like, oh, Sasha was the one that manipulated Naomi – Naomi hey, is, hey, is a is a is a grown ass woman. Hey Chris, Go ahead. Real, 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 yeah. real quick, just, just to chime in on that, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that, but I want you to continue your point. That that yeah. whole thing surprisingly started with uh, when Ariane Andrew had did an interview, and she like alluded to Naomi being manipulated by Sasha. But I like I, I don't I don't yeah. know if she was trying to be like an in character thing. Or like mm-hmm. that was like her trying to like I don't know where her angle was with that, but it was it was like real weird, like the way she was sort of that was, you're that talking about you talking about Ariane, yeah, yeah, Cameron, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her as Ariane from uh, Cal right. State, uh, so uh, <laughs> that's how I met her as. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't appreciate that either. But yeah, it, it could be a, a in character thing. No, but Naomi. I think she's got enough autonomy to not do anything that she didn't want to do. If she, yeah, if, right. if, if she, if she thought, Hey, Sashi, you're tripping. Um, I'm not walking out with you. She would have stayed behind. Right. You know what I'm saying? Particularly um, when you think about the fact that like, she is a, basically a made woman in that company, given yeah. not only her, her tenure with the company, but also the familial ties, uh, right. with, with the, the Usos and with Roman, like, if she wants, she she can literally stay there pretty much as long as she wants to. So the fact that she walked, I don't think it was like, oh, she was led astray by Sasha Banks. Like, no, nah, man. Eventually, yeah. at every job, and again, bringing it back to jobs, Andrew, at any workplace, no matter how long you've been there or who you got connections with in the company, man, if the company's not doing right by you, 
you have no obligation to stay there if you don't want to stay there. Right. right. And, yeah. and, and and just to swing it back over to Chris point, and so he can get like so he can uh, finish what he was saying, but like Naomi a grown ass woman, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I think it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, don't 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 try to villainize one of these sisters so you can for, for clicks and likes yeah. and subscriptions to your your newsletter or your website or whatever. That's that's just not it. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and it's insulting to uh to um Naomi, it's it's insulting the Trinity uh, Fatu. It's it's not um, it's it's not what it's and it's speculative w- without any comments from either of those two. You know what I'm saying? You are going by yeah. hearsay and what you think is the the reason because Sasha tried to quit before. Oh, yeah, 2019. So now, yep. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's that's your evidence that oh, Sasha is manipulating and pulling the strings on the, the whole situation. Um, that's that's just you know a horrible thing to do to that sister, man. So, um, yeah, I, I hope these women, um, and I know they will land on their feet. Um, AEW is their women's roster is still lacking. So both of them would fit in fine. Like, it's crazy, too, because even with all the influx of women that have just recently signed, like Athena, mm-hmm. um, they still need women in that company. You know, they, yeah. they need women more than they need men. So, um, you know, if, 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 if I wouldn't be mad at AEW one bit if they hire Paige, Naomi, and Sasha Banks, you know what I'm saying? Because they they could seriously use all three. And once that once ROH kicks off the ground, um, assuming that it does kick off the ground, um, they they need women for ROH. So I'm 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 looking forward to uh, Naomi's future and Sasha's future. It's bright, um, and those those two women are going to do big things in this industry. And I'm not here for the uh, Sasha and uh, Naomi slander. And I'm not going to yeah. be a part of it. I'm not going to be making any assumptions that they did anything unprofessional because you don't know that. All you know is what WWE said. And we, we know how good the word of executives in WWE are. Linda McMahon, who will get to her. <laughs> um, you know, Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah, so, so, so their their word is meaningless. Yeah. Right. Hey, 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 Nate. Uh, real quick, I, I wanted to get your take on this, man. Like when, when you look at like this whole situation, <clears throat> I, honestly, bro, I, I think about Naomi and Sasha not saying a word. It's like it's like making them like into like bigger yeah. deals, like by them just not even addressing this whole situation at all. Like mm-hmm. they just ignoring the shit, like the slander, everything, yeah. like yeah. just completely uh bad. They, they could run their mouth everywhere and get paid a ton of money for the shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's so basically what Naomi and Sasha are the epitome right now of being unbothered with yeah. all this noise around them. And I think <clears throat> It just speaks to their character, right? Like, they're not out here trying to throw mud at the WWE. They're not out here trying to badmouth anybody. They had a situation where they were presented with something. Again, going back to the job. Because I think when people think about performers or athletes, they think about it like, oh, well, you're getting all this money. You're getting all this exposure. You shouldn't have real feelings like a real human being. Like, no, man, at the end of the day, even if it's a great job, it's a job. And I think... When you get to the point where you're like, 
I can't do this anymore. This does not sit right with my soul. I have to right. walk before I do something that that is actually unprofessional. Uh, you know, I can empathize mm. with them. And so, yeah, like when you look at like what, what the prospects are for their future, Andrew, they got it made, man. Like anybody yeah. would be happy to have them in their company. Uh, you know, AW, like particularly AW, when you look at the women that have joined recently, like uh, Chris was saying, Tony Storm, <clears throat> the Ruby Soho's of the world. Uh, you know, they, ha- they have some really talented women on the roster. Athena, uh, Thunder Rosa. You, you know how much we love us some Jay Cargill. <laughs> One hundred eight. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm still waiting on Tony to cut the shit. I, I don't think he's cut it yet, man. Jay Jay Cargill's asked this man, has said to this man several times, "Tony, cut the shit." And every time I turn on AEW, Tony comes back with that shit. What's wrong with you, Shivani? Because man, Tony knows. T- Tony likes it. Tony like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I was about to go somewhere off track, and I, I'm I'm bringing myself back, Leo. I'm, I'm reining myself back in. Uh, but I think with Sasha Banks in particular, with, with, with the good sister Mercedes, like that is a star, Andrew, a capital S T A R star. Oh yeah. Right. And she, she is almost to the point where she doesn't need wrestling as much as wrestling needs her in the sense of, yes, I'm sure she loves it, man. But if it, if it don't love you back, then she's got other things she could do whether you're talking about movies or TV shows, like she is somebody who is going to be in demand because of who she is. And so I would love to see her show up in AEW. Uh, but like, maybe she wants to take a break. Like maybe she want to take a break from all this and just focus on some other things. That's cool too. Like yeah. whatever makes those two happy, I'm happy for them. Uh, yeah. a- a- but a- I, a- I want to pivot real quick though, Andrew, cause I, there's something that made me happy that I don't know if it's going to make Chris happy. Uh, See, Gangstar back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a little bit of education for your nephew. Gangstar had a song called Mass Appeal. And 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 the 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 hook of the song was uh money growing like grass with the mass appeal. And speaking of money, Chris, we got a show coming up in the WWE called Money in the Bank. And uh only thing I'm gonna say to you, Chris, and I'm gonna let you take it from here. Money growing like grass. With Omas appeal, because this oh, brother is in money in the bank. What go. you got to say about that, Professor Doctor Chris Ely? Dog, look, man, uh, get get your <laughs> money, get your money, brother. Um, almost said something um, a couple weeks ago in an interview that I hope comes to fruition. He was talking mm. about WWE doing a show uh, from the motherland, from Africa. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He did bring up South. Africa. I would prefer if WWE. They've done shows from South Africa before. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it be a less colonized country mm-hmm. in Africa. Um, I would. I would love it to be Ghana, where Kofi Ghana, yep. West Africa, where Kofi Kingston is from, or Nigeria, where Amos is from, or Kenya, or somewhere like that. Man, I would definitely love to see. Um, um, almost do, uh, you know, and if he and if they do a show from one of those places, I wouldn't mind him being um, a, a headliner. Um, as far as his wrestling is concerned, I, oh, here no, we go. Here no, we no go. Point of beating a dead <laughs> horse. These, these, these seven foot. These seven foot three inch, five inch, whatever. They're not. They're not great wrestlers 
this isn't a knock on Omos, mm. but I, but look, man, if you get, if you, if, if, if the bag is coming and you, you get to do these big things <laughs> with it and you get to, you know, and you bring a show, um, to, uh, the continent of Africa again, I prefer it. Um, I don't mind them doing a show in South Africa, but I, I want them to do a show from a country in Africa mm-hmm. that doesn't get a lot of wrestling tourism there. You mm. know what I'm saying? Because I could just see how happy those, those kids would be and That's just, cool. yeah. um, you know, that kind of thing. And again, this is a, the duality with WWE, right? It's like, you know, this man is, is a trash human being, but if he pulls something like this off, you know, I'll give him props for this, you know? Mm. Hey, 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 Nate, Nate, you, you know what? Chris, Chris said something real positive right there about the, the idea of the show coming to you know, mm-hmm. going to Africa, man. But you know what? Let, 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 let's let's keep the positive theme going, man. I, I think we should keep it going with more positive news. Like that 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 good sister Willow Nightingale will yes. be heading to Japan for the first time to debut for Tokyo Joshi Pro on July 9th for the Summer Sun Princess show. Willow literally, I, I think, the day before or the day of um, that she got that that the news the news became public that she was going to Tokyo Joshi Pro. I think that was when she had her TBS Championship match. Rampage mm. uh, at, at the Dynamite taping, man. And Will, Willow has done some amazing things. Um, like I, I, I don't think there. I, I think I had saw this tweet. I, I really wish I would have uh, found out who who tweeted it. But cr- credit to this individual who pointed this out. It's like there's been a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers who have tried to play that really bubbly, you know, like yes. always happy go lucky character, and it's like it always comes off as a little much. But Willow has somehow found a way to make this thing just work. And, 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 mm-hmm. it, and it completely fits her persona, and and, and, and for, for at this point, I'm I'm even questioning if it is a persona at this point. Like maybe she just is like that in person, like this this bubbly person. So so yeah, I I think it's real cool, man, to see Willow making all these different strides. Like of course she had the ROH uh, Women's World Championship match against Mercedes Martinez back at Supercard of Honor. Been on AEW uh, TV quite a few times. I uh, had the thing with uh, Stokely Hathaway on AEW TV, of course, and. You know, now she's making her way to Tokyo Joshi Pro, doing some great things on the independence as well. So yeah, yep. that definitely Nate, real quick, just had to shout out that good sister Willow Nightingale. Man, she's doing some amazing, amazing work right now. So good luck on your Tokyo Joshi Pro debut. Uh, and that is also the same card that Thunder Rose is going to be on as well. So yeah, it's going to be might be might be one you got to tune into, man. So yeah, definitely uh, shout out to Willow Nightingale. Had to show her some love on the show, man. But um, yeah, most most definitely because like, I real quick on Willow, like Willow is somebody who I've been watching for a minute minute right like through you know shimmer and some of these other promotions on the ending it's like yeah like she's got it man she's got the look she can work like she's like you said andrew that personality that doesn't feel like an act like even if it is it doesn't feel like it's an act mm-hmm. uh so i'm again like when you have more companies and more places for these performers particularly performers of color to uh, get bookings, man, it's it's just a good thing for everybody. So you know, again, we, Willow was somebody we always gonna support here on the program. So it's good to see these doors starting to open up for. Her. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Yeah, um, like because I think that um, Willow is in the perfect place right now. Um, I, I loved her in MLW. Um, oh yeah, she did have a stand in MLW. Yep, you're right, Chris. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, she. That was where I first discovered her at. Um, like that was where where I first you know saw her, and I was like, oh, this 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 woman is cool. If I, um, Willow is the kind of woman where if if 
if I was in college, you know, I'd, I'd be trying to sneak in her DMs, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not simple. Um, because, because, like, that's the thing. Because I think WWE doesn't understand the, the like, the importance of having around the way girls um, <laughs> on their roster, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some, because I think, like, like, you know, the brothers I know, you know, we don't necessarily, we don't hate on a, a, a woman that's a size two, but we don't mind a woman being like a size six and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? We we like women, like LL Cool J said in that song, man. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we like, you know, you know, because I think it brings out the human side of these people. You mm. know what I'm saying? Well, everybody's like, not cookie cutter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's like I I, I hope um, Willow Nightingale um, does um, does great things in AEW, and I think she will because I think she's going to have a, a lot of good people around her to kind of mm. um, learn from. She's got she's got Jade there. She's got Athena there. She's got uh, Britt Baker there. She's got so many good people that started off. Um, from you know the 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 bottom and work their way up to being um superstars you know what i'm saying so i'm looking forward to seeing um aew um uh, willow and uh, aew or roh and the the yeah. ceiling is high for her See, this is the part of the show, Andrew, where I wish, like, I wish, I understand why copyright laws exist, but I wish we could waive them just for circumstances like this, because I would have hit the button to play LL Cool J right underneath Chris talking about that. Keisha, Angela, Pamela, Renee, I love you. You from around the way. Hey, 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 TK, man, if you, if LL Cool J is not charging you out the wazoo for royalties, that needs to be Willow Willow Nightingale's theme song. I'm just throwing it <laughs> out. Around the way, girls. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. So, 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 going back to the the, the WWE front, um, mm. it has been announced that the main event for SummerSlam this year is going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Undisputed Universal mm. Championship. But I, I, I do want to point out something very interesting at the Hell in a Cell pay per view. I'm pretty sure as you guys saw, um, but Bobby Lashley after his match with Omos. This dude got a monster reaction last year in yeah. Chicago. Like they went ballistic for this dude. Like and and, and especially, I, I think the shining moment of that post match for Bobby was when he grabbed the replica WWE Championship from the fans. I mean, from one of the yep. fans. And dude, that, these people was going fucking nuts for this dude. Like when he was holding up the championship and all that. Like they was, but he like when it stood on the uh, on the apron and was like holding up the title, and the people was standing up and going crazy for mm-hmm. last year. And I think everybody in that moment was like. I mean, shit. You you might as well, like you know. Like, I mean, you you, you yeah. might as well uh, lean into it. So I I think that instead of going Brock and Roman, man, like I feel like they should have, like I mean, like I, they, they, scrap the Austin Theory shit. Like I'm talking about as far as Lashley's feud with him. Put that to the side. I feel like coming out of that, they should have been like, okay, well, Bobby Lashley getting this monster reaction. And and, and then the thing is. I don't even. That's not even like a one city thing. Like Lashley has been getting like consistent reactions. If, if I'm not mistaken, and it's not you know they they be piping in these fucking crowd noises all the time. I don't know why they <laughs> do that, but like Lashley has been getting good yeah. consistent reactions, man. So I'm thinking like, why don't you lean into him and Roman? Like 
you, you should you should yeah. lean in instead of running Le- uh, Lesnar versus uh, Reigns for the you know I think it's the fifth or sixth time I believe. Well, it's the simple formula with Lashley, um, and then they use it with Roman Reigns also, and they've used it in the in this t- uh, TK is using it with Warlow right now. It's he, he Lashley gets on, on the microphone. He says he's going to beat somebody's ass. He wrestles them and he beats their ass. It's it's a real simple formula, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how it should be. Lashley is is not a guy that you need to complicate at all. You know what I'm saying? Like just look at the dude. He he goes out there. He he, he says he's going to beat somebody down. Roman does the same thing, and they and they they get cheered for it. Go figure, right? Um, I hope, um, like I'm first of all, I'm not a fan of, um, Austin theory, um, as, as, you know, maybe he's a good dude. I don't know. His wrestling is, it's just, it just doesn't hit for me. His personality Mm -hmm. is, is it good either? Um, I had to get that out there because I'm just, I'm just, I don't (laughs) see the, if you, if if there's appeal to theory that I'm missing, hit me up on the Twitter or um, just in at, on the forum on posts because I just don't see it. Now back to Lashley. Austin, um, Austin Theory sitting somewhere listening to this edition of the NWA podcast. Like, why the hell yeah. did I just catch a stray? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't do well, nothing I mean, to that man, Chris. Yeah, a town down. I don't, I don't appreciate a town down. Uh, but uh, you know what I'm saying. That's 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 say for so. Uh, I don't even say a town down, and I and I. And mm. Atlanta used to be my uh, stomping ground, but, but I was born in Atlanta. Like, come on now. Yeah, like, yeah. What what part of Atlanta is Austin Theory from? That's a question for another. You're right. Chris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't even think he's from Atlanta. He might be from like <laughs> Douglasville or something, something that's like right next to Atlanta, but not quite, at, like, not quite Atlanta. Because Atlanta has a lot. It's like LA in a sense, right? It's got a lot of adjacent cities that aren't quite LA. Uh, hey, hey, Chris, right he, he from McDonough, McDonough, Georgia. McDonough. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's it's it's. I get it. But I'm just, you know, just anyway. We, we spent too much time on Austin Theory now. And that's my fault. Uh, yeah. Uh, on Lashley. On Lashley. Yeah. Lashley. Yeah. Lashley, man. I. I, but, but, and I this is Chris Roca, he, he got the title match at Money in the Bank against Theory, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't care if he, if he, if he. <laughs> I mean, if he wins it. Great, I guess, but I mean, if you just <laughs> screw him out of hey, that title, hey, 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 Chris, you, you might know what's about to be so funny about that is that Lashley is probably gonna get this U.S. title win, right? And it, it probably ain't gonna mean a goddamn thing. And then Austin Theory is moving on to John Cena for SummerSlam, mm, mm. right? Yeah, like Bobby Lashley shouldn't be used as fodder or to heat somebody up for anybody, man. Um, that that would just be bogus, and if Cena. If Cena's come coming back to WWE to job to freaking Austin Theory, um, like like John Cena gonna be walking out that door like Sasha and Naomi. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Come on, Cena, man. You, you are, you, you are better than this, my dude. You um, peacemaker, my guy. Yeah, seriously, don't. don't You're a whole don't. superhero. Yeah, man. Seriously, just don't do that, dog. Um, <laughs> it's just, but yeah, man. Um, I'll, 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 uh, uh, Lashley, though, man, that dude again. He's a he's a beast. He yeah. comes out there. He does what he says he's gonna do. Um, he's proven that he doesn't necessarily need MVP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, I that's think facts. People, I don't think uh, Lashley got enough credit for that duo. I heard people saying, "Oh, it's MVP just talking." Is Lashley did his part? You know what I'm yeah. saying? He played his role and he played it well. You know, he he legitimized MVP just as much as MVP legitimized him. It was a symbiotic relationship. That's facts. Yeah. That's facts. That's facts, Chris. He, he hey, 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 Nate. Chris talking that talk. He talking that talk. See, it's, it's why this why y'all gotta watch this show, man. Y'all gotta listen to this show, man, because you don't get this type of coverage, this type of commentary anywhere else. And and I agree with Chris, man. Like when. We went off the air on SmackDown the other night, and it was Roman and, and Brock again, man. I'm like, come on, come on, Vince. Yeah. Come, again. come on, baby. This, this ain't the formula. Like, this right. ain't the recipe. Uh, when you had Bobby Lashley right there, like, ready. Like, I'm not saying Bobby had to beat Roman, but it's a fresh match. fresh, bro. Yeah. 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 It's, I, fresh. I, I, it's a fresh I, matchup, I, and you can believe Bobby as a credible threat. I'm going to go ahead and give something – to Vince that I never give him, which is the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I, I think they might be saving Lashley for something else, and maybe they don't want to do that match. Because, I mean, if, if, even if you weren't going to do uh, Lashley and Reigns, I would have been cool with um, Lashley and Goldberg. I would have been – or right, Reigns and Goldberg. I would have been perfectly fine with Reigns squashing Goldberg. Um, <laughs> and um, – then they move on and do the Lashley match whenever they feel like they want to do it. Um, I think Lashley is kind of in this weird holding pattern where they don't want a job up to anybody, but they don't want him with they, – they, they, they put themselves in a quarter giving Roman Reigns both of those uh, yeah, titles, and, and I just don't think they know how to get out of it at the moment. No. Yeah, no, and 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 the thing with the it's also telling that your view from the company's perspective of who's a money match. It's got to yeah. be Brock, you know. It's got to be Goldberg. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. Cena. Ain't none yeah. of them dudes <laughs> on the active roster last time I checked. Andrew Thompson. Yeah, yeah man, it's, you have it's, not built up your own roster well enough, and th- like this isn't a new thing. We've seen this like the last five, ten years in this company where. Yeah, you haven't and, 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 built up your homegrown people enough so that they don't feel special. Even somebody as great as Bobby Lashley, you don't think from a company perspective, oh, he's not box office. It's because you hadn't made the dude box office. Right. Yeah, and, and, oh, go ahead, uh, Andrew. Sorry. No, no, no. I was actually about to make this point, and I was going to kick it over to you, Chris. We, Chris, we literally talked about this on the last uh, Bush yeah. and Thompson when we was like uh, – I think WWE is starting to feel the effects of releasing all these people over uh, over the past several years. Right. Yeah, and I was about to repeat something that I said on uh, on your show, which is that everybody clown that man TK 
for stockpiling and signing all of these wrestlers. Mm-hmm. TK is going through a rash of injuries in AEW at the moment. Uh, Daniel, and, and, and he's and, and he's got wrestlers to easily insert in those places. WWE does not have that. You know what I'm saying? So I do think there, there I do think there was a method to TK's madness by having all this talent because yeah. you 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 can easily like Moxley. CM Punk is injured. Who do we put in this position? Moxley just came back from a stint in rehab, and he's easily and he's not he's he's not married to anybody at the moment. Let's put him in this position. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you, they, they they've got a system in in uh, AEW that I think works for them. I think there, there's going to be tweaks and like you know like shaving off the edges and stuff like that to this to their system but i do think tony khan is a guy that knows what he's doing and vince mcmahon is a guy that used to know what he's doing but they've got nobody (laughs) cody cody gets injured and they have no clue what to do randy orton gets injured they got no clue what to do um my girl um and rhea ripley gets injured they don't know what to do. They don't have people you can insert in these positions. And AEW does. Yeah. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Hey, hey Nate, Nate and Chris, real quick before we, uh, I, I, had one, I had one more news story in the docket, but I did want to go over to the, I'm, I'm glad Chris actually put this tweet up. I'm gonna go check out my man at KME. KMEZ does it uh, on his Twitter account. He actually put up a, um, a like a, a tweet so people can submit questions that they wanted answered during the show. And um, of course, we got the upcoming Forbidden Door show coming up on September. I mean, mm-hmm. September, Jesus Christ, June twenty sixth, um, featuring uh, talent from New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling. Um, uh, Nate, Nate and Chris, I'm gonna uh, go to you first. I'm gonna go over you, Chris. This is from um, the God Poe um, at the God Poe on Twitter. He asked, "Do you hey, guys?" Yeah, are you guys? Are are you guys expecting any uh, surprises for Forbidden Door? I am expecting at least one surprise. I'm thinking Gargano Mm. or um, Claudio. Claudio, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Claudio. Yeah, Claudio would have been my pick, particularly in that town. Uh, Like Claudio would be over like gangbusters. Uh, But who knows, man? Like I think with all the injuries and everything. There's a lot of different ways they could go. Uh, I talked a little bit about this with Way last week. Like the build to Forbidden Door really hasn't grabbed me, Andrew. But mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what's going to go down. Uh, but yeah, if Claudio shows up. That that'll definitely get a huge reaction from that audience. Yeah, but with, with Claudio, yeah. I, I think I think that he's likely going to be the one that's going to be facing Zack Sabre Jr. at the show. 
mm. um, as a mystery because the, the way Danielson bigged it up, like initially, because yeah. this, this, this was sort of the interesting thing about it that the, the caveat is that the person is going to be joining the Blackpool Combat Club. So, like, when people were throwing out names like Gargano, I was like, like, I, I, I seen people, like, a, a lot of people throwing the Gargano's name out there. And I'm on the Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, it kind of, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, eh. And then, like, yeah. I think like, a name like Timothy Thatcher that like, could be the person that fits in that group. But, like, I feel like if you, like, the way Danielson was bigging it up, it got him, buddy. Yeah. Like, it got him. Yeah. The, way, the, way he was big, the way he was bigging it up, man, like, and, and, yeah, so swing it over to you, Chris, but yeah, it, it, it has to be. Yeah, I, like, the way he was bigging yeah. it up was, was it, it kind of disappointed me a little bit because I wanted it to be, like, Gresham or mm. um, Moriarty. I really wanted it to be one of those guys. Um, mm. And then just the way he was bigging it up, I was like, yeah, and he's – these <laughs> AEW fans won't be cool with that. So, yo, yo, why Chris? Chris looking at the poster for Forbidden Door, like Mookie looked at the wall at Sal's Pizzeria. How yeah, come you ain't got oh. no brothers on the wall, Sal? Oh, I come here every week and pay you money. Why come there ain't no brothers on the wall, Sal? I do think we have a, a comment like that coming <laughs> in, yeah, the, hey, in, hey. The, uh, in the tweet thread. So, uh, hey, 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 yeah. hey, Chris, actually, this is from Chris this is from Action VJ1. He said, yeah. hey, Doctor, I'm feeling, this, I'm, 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 I'm feeling a certain way when, when looking at the car, wondering how you're feeling. Uh, at least the buy in is free. Uh, he, he's referring to Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland uh, teaming mm. up against. Uh, yeah. the, the, yeah, sitting up against El Dasperado and Yoshinobu. And, 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 the, and then the card is like, so I, there were a couple things that struck me about the card. Um, one was, of course, the lack of brothers that are on the actual card. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, the surprisingly not that many. I would have figured there'd be more Japanese guys on the actual card um, hmm. also. Um, but, you know, they're from New Japan, so, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, man. TK, <laughs> I, I was supposed to be at the media scrum last month. I, I missed it because I got my time zones mixed up. I didn't I'm not going to say I didn't get an invite to this week's, to this month's media scrub, but uh, maybe it, it's lost in my email or something. I don't know. <laughs> but TK, you, you got our, our homie Thurston brought it up to you. You got to do better with the uh, black wrestlers. And at this point, it's not even really just the black wrestlers. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. you got to, you got to, these people need to be showcased. You know what I'm saying? Just um, to chime in on the conversation, I think it is a it, it's an interesting one to be held in terms of like this particular cross right. brand show. Uh, like we got um like like you mentioned, we got the Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland uh, featured on the show. Then we got uh, on the other side, I think it's Max Caster is going to be a part of that Gun Club and um the LA mm-hmm. Dojo guys. Um, but and and I I I, want, I I think we all agree that if Bowens had not been injured, he probably would have been right there in Billy Gunn's spot. Um, right, 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 right there in that position, but you know, Bones unfortunately right. hurt. Um, but but yeah, I I do think it's a it's a it's an interesting conversation to be held, especially pertaining to this uh, you, you know, this particular like style of card. I mean, we got we got I, I don't I don't know Rocky Romero's exact ethnicity, but you know, it's a person on the show, man. So I mean, it, it, it I mean, in terms of like 
when you're looking at the overall scope of like diversity, it is like a diverse card. I, I yeah. guess you, when you talk about the overall yeah. scope of diversity, I, I think that's that that's fair to say. You know, you got Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. You know, you right, got Shota yeah. Umino and 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 those, and those and those are like a Roshi Tanahashi, et cetera, et cetera. Like you know, it 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 is a diverse card in that sense. But I definitely think that uh, you know, Chris, both you, Chris, and they have some fair points when you talk about that things could be better. Like honestly, one one, one match that I would like to see on the show, man, that I thought would have been really cool. I don't know how exactly you get to that, and I don't even know mm-hmm. if this other individual will be interested in this match. But I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking about like just from a standpoint of like you know exactly trying to bring them over um and stuff like that. But I, I thought good, I think it would have been cool if we could have got like a Ricky Starks and Tetsuya Naito match. I think that would have been real cool. Okay, like the, okay. the the whole the, the whole charisma thing going on, and Naito doing the the eye pose and Ricky Starks doing his little head thing. That he, mm. I don't know what the, I don't know what that shit is, but <laughs> like, it, I mean, like you know what I'm saying. Like I, I, I think that would have been like a cool little charisma, like little charisma all type thing. Like you could have had them going out yeah, there right. and just flaunting the whole time, and you know, of course, the, the in ring action of it. I think that would have been some cool that I would have liked to see, man. But um, yeah, you know, I'm, I think I'm, that would have been dope, Andrew. Yeah, uh, and and to Chris's point, I feel like AEW does diversity really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. They do representation less well. And I do think there's yeah. a distinction that a lot of yeah. people might not pick up on in terms of the nuance. Like, we got a lot of different people from a lot of different places, but how are you utilizing those people in your right. show? Are they important to this show? If, right. If, if, if Powerhouse Hobbs isn't on the show or if um, Keith Lee isn't on the show, um, do we miss their presence? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because I don't think that they're they're really in that position with any of the minorities. Fortunately, they have a stacked roster, but with CM Punk not on the show, you you do miss his presence, you know, because he's he was involved in important storylines, right? Um, and um, I just don't I just don't understand. Like even with the, the stuff they they're doing with um, our man Swerve. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keith Lee, and then Swerve did the 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 idiot thing that WWE sometimes does with people in battle royals, where he throws Keith Lee Keith Lee out of the uh, battle royal early, and Keith Lee is now pissed at him, and they're still trying to like be friends with <laughs> each other or whatever. It's like. Like, that doesn't even make any sense from a logic standpoint, right? It's like, why would you throw this man out? Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you eliminate, try to eliminate as many people as you can before um, it's, you know, it's you two or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It made no sense, but... Um, Chris, Chris, you don't get it, man. Yeah. The brother's name is Swerve. He swerved Keith Lee. Don't you understand? Yeah. Yeah, that if that's TK's, and I can see that being his justification for it, um, but it's a horrible justification. Um, <laughs> just um, you know, just like I just said again, people, and I, and, and the weird thing about this is, I think the only guy brother on that roster, brother, I didn't say sister, but only brother on that roster that I truly understand and get his motivation is Jay Lethal. I really don't understand. I love watching uh, the acclaim uh, scissor me daddy ass. I, I love that stuff. <laughs> it's hilarious. 
but it's not like it's you know what I'm saying. It's 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 a C story at best. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I don't know what what black wrestlers um, are in any A stories. And 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 uh, another question coming from the the Q and A thread that Doctor Chris put up, man, is uh. You know, there's the announcement that uh, Red Velvet is currently sidelined with an injury and the baddies are looking for a replacement, which is very, very surprising. I was very shocked when I saw that. I was like, so it looks like we're going to have a a, a new baddie joining uh, Kiara Hogan and is going to be a part of um, Jay Cargill mm-hmm. and, and Stokely Hathaway. Like, I'm I'm trying to figure out, like, the list of people who, who they could bring in to possibly be a baddie. Like, it, I, I, I think it's one that is actually kind of difficult to think off, off, off top because there's so many different people that you could put in that position. All right, who asked, who asked this question? I want to make sure we, we get Oh, yeah, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Let, me, uh, let me pull that up. But wait, go, go ahead and uh, – <laughs> let me make sure I go ahead, uh, and, go ahead and pull that up. But, but, but go, ahead, go ahead and throw some gestures out there, fellas. Uh, yeah, but me, yeah, this, like this oh, – yeah, well, Here we go. Okay, now. This, this came from Phil Gerard on Twitter. Phil Gerard. Okay, at, we see you, at, Phil. At, at more films. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Phil. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah. For me, I feel like there's one person, and this is not an original idea because I've seen uh, this person be tweeted about as a as a as an honorary baddie. One hundred. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> one hundred. Andrew Thompson's gonna get me with that every time. Um, but this is somebody who I think has been underutilized from day one, Andrew in this company, and I would love to see what they could do with this group. And that's Sonny Kiss, man. Ooh. Put Sonny Kiss in the mix and let Sonny Kiss cook. Hey, bro, I ain't even gonna lie to you. I I, I, would have preferred if it was like, if it was Jade, Kier, Red, and Sonny. Like, them as a, like, total, like, like, four-person group. Like I, for real, for I, I think that they could have done. I, I like I'm, I know Sunny even said this in an interview. Like she felt like that was like the best case scenario for her getting back on television. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I legitimately feel like that was like, like for for like not, like no bullshit. I, th- I feel like that was like something that made sense and it like yes. it would actually work. Like it's no, it's no force in that. I think that would have been like a natural, a natural mm-hmm. thing right there. And then you could sort of bridge the gap right there and sort of establish different feuds crossing divisions and shit like yep. that you know what i'm saying like that that, that would have been like a real cool way to get sunny on tv you crossing you no know, crossing different feuds amongst the divisions and stuff like that getting different people involved getting different factions involved like different faction got beef with sunny and then you know that and then yep. transitioning over to different you know i'm saying it's like so many different ways you go about that like i like for real i remember when i uh when i had wrote that wrote that article up a post i was like well, when I was reading over, I was like, damn, that's like, that's not like a bad idea at all. Like, that actually yeah. works. Like, so it, it's kind of like, I, like, for, like I, I don't even know, like, what else to say among that. I mean, beyond that, it's like that, that was just like a really good idea from Sonny. And I'm surprised that, you know, it, it, it didn't pan out. Mm. I, yeah. I would say I'm not surprised it didn't pan out because this is a company that has not done. I don't want to go as far as to say not done right by Sonny because I, I don't know. Like, I don't know all the workings backstage or whatever and how Sonny's been treated since they've been in the company. But I will say this is a company that has done not has not done right by the character of Sonny Kiss in this television program. Like, Sonny is talented, yeah. man. And you ain't done nothing with this person outside of the, like that Cody Rhodes match. Like, that's the last time I can think of where they actually tried to give Sonny some shine. And it's like, come on, man. Y'all y'all could be doing a whole lot better. 
Yeah, it, it's it's like uh, I've seen people like you know call call them out, call AEW out for like featuring Sunny on like the Pride uh commercial mm-hmm. on TV, but like not. I mean, but, but I mean also at the same time, I've seen Sunny be like, like don't try to like. Not not at AEW yeah. specifically, but just saying like don't right. try to put me on TV because it's June. You know what I'm saying? Because it's Pride mm-hmm. Month or whatever like mm-hmm. that. But like this should be like a, a, a you know at any point throughout the year type thing. So like I, it's, it's like a, it, it is a two sided coin to it. Right? Yeah. yeah it, I want to be because I don't. I one of the things that I don't like doing with people is turning to is turning them into victims if they themselves. Yeah. Don't feel victimized yeah. if he doesn't. But at the same time, it is something that you could easily notice. I'm, I'm not yeah. even talking about from a victimization. No, that's true. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, that's true. Like, like you know, what's what's this brother doing, um, or what's he not doing? Why is he not um, <clears throat> featured on TV a little bit more? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And you know, it, it it would just if if we got some kind of explanation, it right. would make a little bit more sense. But it, right now, it's just not making any sense. And the only reason why it's not making any sense is because we haven't nothing's been explained to to uh, the viewing public. Mm-hmm. There you go, there you go. But 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 Nate, brother Nate, brother Chris, I got one more story on the docket. Oh, last one story, more story of the day. Last story of the day, and this is actually a really interesting one, man. And I, I know this is one that uh, well, when we was on the Bush being Thompson, the final episode, just wiped the tail out my eye. But uh, we, we we talked about that. We talked about that. But Chris actually, um, John Pollock here, post wrestling, uh, he reported earlier in the week that Triple H was at the WWE Performance Center, and a source indicated to John told John that Triple H simply stated, "I'm back." And <laughs> we 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 and we don't know we don't know what that means. I I think that a lot of people have assumed what that means, and and not saying that that's like a wrong speculation. Somehow just say like that that's like excited speculation. I'm assuming or curious speculation. Um, Chris, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Follow up, oh, yeah. Nate. Uh, like Tri- Triple H saying that he's back. Do, do you think that could be a thing of him simply getting back in the saddle with Shawn Michaels to keep running NXT 2.0, or do you think it's a chance he might try to? He might try to rally the troops again, man. He might, he might have that man Gargano on standby. If Trip, like I said on your show, if Tri- Triple H, if all he's doing is backstage shooting dice, <laughs> eating grilled cheese, eating the grilled cheese sandwich, eating grilled cheese sandwiches. If all he's, if all he's doing backstage is like doing the Dougie or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that, that would be better than NXT 2.0 right now. Because NXT, NXT 2.0 has no vision. It's got no characters that are like extremely interesting there. They're, the characters on in NXT, NXT 2.0 are amusing. They're not interesting. There's a difference. It's like, oh, there's this uh, Italian stereotype on TV. Um, hey, whoa, hey, yeah. forget about it, Chris. Yeah, yeah, that that's amusing. It's not necessarily interesting, man. And I and I and I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and there's a story about that too um, on my end because um, at my um, at both of the schools I work out, there's a club work at. There's a club called Club Italia, and it's um, um, Italian kids talking about culture and um, 
how a lot of misrepresentation in media goes on with um, Italians. Mm. And uh, if I showed this to any of those students, I I don't, I don't think they'd be happy with this nonsense, Mm. but um, I digress. But yeah, there there's, and then, and then I also found it weird that Wes Lee in the last clips that I watched, he kept on bringing up Nash Carter. Mm. Um, And I don't, think that's by accident um so hopefully um nash carter has um atoned enough to for for that stupid picture um to be back in the fold um i know a lot of um jewish wrestlers have forgiven them but i know there might be some that haven't forgiven them you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but um Hey Chris, that, that's and, actually that's actually a good point that you brought up. Like I, I wasn't even with Nash Carter's promo. I wasn't really thinking about it like that until you mentioned. it. I thought that was just more of like a like a baby face. Let's get let's get the crowd rallying behind me. But like, yeah, that that that, that is an interesting like prospect though. Like he he was dropping that Nash Carter like and that not saying his name, but like you know yeah. clearly referring to him. Clearly, like clear yeah. as day referring to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it was more than a few times, so that's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. like what, what makes me kind of think that there may be something there. I don't know, but I'm hoping that um, NXT 2.0, whatever happens, like like I said um, to uh, Bushby and Andrew, um, I feel bad for the way I was hating on NXT 2.0 in 2020. Um, I really do because I, it, it wasn't that bad of a show. I thought it was horrible. Um, I didn't think it was horrible, but I just didn't think it was good in comparison to AEW coming on at the same time. So oftentimes what I would do is watch AEW live and then I'd watch um, NXT um, the next day. Um, if I don't, if I, if I don't catch NXT 2.0, um, <laughs> When, when, if, I'm, if I'm flipping TV's channels and I'm, if I miss it, I just miss that shit. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I do not care about NXT 2.0. I think that every character, every character, every single character <laughs> on that show is useless. I, 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 outside of being amusing, they do <laughs> not serve a, por- a portion. And I'm, I'm saying it's about your favorites. Like if, if you're. A Braun Breaker fan. I, I don't. Damn. If, if he got fired tomorrow, it's not going to kill NXT 2.0. You know what I'm saying? They'll just find some other dude and put him in some funky colored singlet <laughs> and just have him. It doesn't matter. Hey, 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 Nate. So, so you know, let's see. This is the thing I like about this podcast, man. It's like we all got like varying opinions. I, I have grown to not. I, I, there are weeks when I, I can I can sit there and I'd be like, okay, that was a that was an okay show, like NXT yeah. two point Like I I can I can sit there and I, and I cover it for the uh, for the site, but there, there are times when I'm when I'm sitting there and I'm watching the show, I'm like, oh, this, this, this ain't like this ain't this, this ain't like half this ain't half bad. Like when, when I'm seeing like the the progression that Carmelo Hayes has made over the uh-huh. past five to six months, man. Like yeah. that dude, that that dude, him and Trick Williams, man, like they work so well together. Like they play yeah. off each other real well. They 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 get each other. And I I think it's clear as day that they have a understanding outside, I mean off screen as well. And I think that's what translates so well on screen. Um 
when, when I'm looking at somebody like Roxanne Perez, I, I've like I've been keeping up with Roxy, you know, for a while now. Like even you know when she was in doing her stuff in Ring of Honor and even her stuff. Yeah, it's like you you good, Chris? No, what I want to make very very clear: there's good and even, dare I say great talent in NXT uh, 2.0. They had some great matches in there too. There's some bangs in there. Yeah, great matches in there too. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with the the people that run that show. It's just you got <laughs> you got talented people there. You know what I'm saying? It's it it is what it is. You're gonna have good <laughs> matches on a show like NXT 2.0. Um, you're gonna have a lot of bad matches on NXT 2.0 because there's a lot of people on that show that aren't ready for the prime time lights. I would. I've, I've said this a thousand times. I would have no problem with NXT 2.0 if mm-hmm. it wasn't coming on USA in primetime hours. If NXT 2.0 was a show that I had to find on streaming and like watching this, yeah, mm-hmm. or, yeah, Peacock, something like that, and watching these unpolished uh, workers on that show, I'd be fine with it because it's like, okay, you're not exposing these people to the world. To, yeah. So we could all see their um, very apparent weaknesses, right? Mm. Um, and that's kind of like where I'm at with NXT 2.0. So I think Triple H being back there, because one thing that Triple H did with every single wrestler on that show, except CJ Parker for some reason, he gave him. Damn, why CJ catch a straight? The, 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 the Juice Robinson slander. Wow. Yeah, oh no, I love Juice Robinson now, but on NXT he was he wasn't doing anything. But everybody else, though, I mean, for every Ely twins, Ely brothers, and Juice I forgot Robinson, about them. Oh, the exactly. Ely brothers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but for for all of the, for every person like that. There's like a, a Keith Lee, a Swerve, um, all of him. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. There's so many guys that were that did well when Triple H was running that show. Right. So he could literally be backstage doing anything on that show, um, and it'd be better if I mm. if I go to it if I ever get invited to an NXT 2.0 scrum. I would I would apologize to Triple I would I would apologize to Triple H for not appreciating what NXT mm. 2.0 was because I I, I I didn't like the changes made to it but they the, the changes weren't so bad to where it was like you you, you had to harp on it right oh mm-hmm. good, good, it's it's extra it's an extra hour instead of two. It's it's two hours instead of one hour. Big deal, right? And it was really it's, only bad in comparison to AEW. Like that yeah, was a big it, flaw. Exactly, Nate. It wasn't like like for, for ahead, real, bro. Like, no, for real, for real. Like on 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 the real. In NXT, like it, it wasn't even a bad show. I I, I just think no. I'm I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about when they, I'm talking about when they was going head to head. The show was actually good. It's just the thing that AEW was so fresh and the shit yeah. so new and like people right. were so hooked and they were so invested into it that. It's yep, like, yeah. oh my goodness, and, and, then, and then I don't think the environment's helped. And full sale is fine, but when you got fifteen thousand people in the crowd versus mm-hmm. two hundred some people in a in a venue right. that we've seen for the past set, but for the past five or six years, it's like, ah, yeah. which one? And, they, which, and, they, which, and these guys would you rather are, watch live. Yeah, you. Were that first. was yeah. WWE like over 
like underestimating AEW. You know, yeah. so you're just gonna put a developmental show on against the against this show with like these crazy production values with workers who like are seasoned and excellent at their craft. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and hey, just hey, hey, go hot and draws. Go ahead. Hey, hey, hey Chris, you, you wanna know what to your point of what you just said? I don't even think it's the thing of them us underestimating AEW. That was the people at the top of WWE underestimating their own NXT product. That shit should have been on tour. That thing, right. that, it, it, NXT should have been a live touring brand way before AEW was even announced. Like when they when they had that shit going with when 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 Gargano and and Champa and and, yeah. and Swerve was on his way up and, and Ricochet yeah. was the man in NXT and. And Adam Cole was in there, and Malachi Black, and Keith Lee was the man, and like they, they, they had all these people under their umbrella. Like that was when they should have been like, you know what? How about we go live in 2018? How about we start setting up these cities and these different arenas we can hit? You ain't got to hit a 30k, tw- I mean, 20,000 seat building every night or every week. Right. You can hit, you can hit yeah. a little 5,000 jump, a little 7,000 one, and then when it's a big event yeah. like a takeover, you can hit your Barclays, yeah. you can hit your Motor Centers, you can mm-hmm. hit this, you can hit this, yeah. you can hit that. Like I, I think that they underestimated, it, and I think it also comes from the yeah. director from Vince McMahon, the fact that he wanted what we see now this current incarnation of nxt is that he wants people yeah. this quote-unquote homegrown talent and i'm like dude you literally had somebody in nxt and i'm referring to triple h and I, and and I, and I know they're like varying opinions about it because he did post the shit out the indies you know what i'm saying that that, that just is what but i'm saying like the, regardless of that and and, and it, it, it still did, did it, it did do harm and it, it did do harm to the uk indies as well how they how they sort of clean house okay. like, they, they, but real quick just to finish on that point like yeah you, you you had you had somebody literally serving up handmade talents to you right and you failed right. them you did you know nothing. what i'm saying yeah. you failed so, them bro so, so, so from an ethical uh like business ethic standpoint from a capitalistic standpoint what triple h did to the indies <laughs> is, is is pretty goddamn evil <laughs> however at the very least there was direction he was what triple h did was like he said okay this guy is good at wrestling Mm -hmm. and we can put him on a show in front of people these guys these, this poached talent that I have poached is talent. good enough. <laughs> it's good enough to go on USA mm-hmm. and at least be a viable product on USA Network. Yeah. Is it evil as fuck? Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not. It was because he, he he destroyed the Indies, especially in the UK. I'm never going to defend that. But at the but but was it? Best for business as far as the because right now because you because I, I used to clown NXT saying they really did, all those people are like F, FCW guys they really didn't discover anybody mm-hmm. but but the bottom line is people from NXT would sometimes go to the main roster and be important on the main roster right and I can't. I, I can't one hundred percent say with confidence that any of these two point guys are gonna go to the main roster and not mm. and not be lost. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they. I hope everybody, <laughs> especially like 
you know, broad, the broad breakers of the world mm-hmm. and all, all that. So, Solo yeah. Sokoa, Baby Solo Oops. Sokoa, yeah, yeah, all of them. <laughs> I want them all to be good on the main roster, but I'm just, I don't see the direct, the direction is just, is lost on me with uh, you, NXT 2.0. You, 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 you want to know who getting that push? Nikita lines with her January 6th song that she put <laughs> on Twitter. Oh, Jesus Christ. Man. Oh, yes. By that, yes. One, that, that, by that one ignorant Negro. What's that dude's name? <laughs> <laughs> we, ain't even, always, we, we ain't even gonna put his name out there. Yeah, because I've always name. hated that guy, man. He's always been a dumbass, but yeah, <laughs> the less said about him, the better. But yeah, just you just gonna, gonna share this dude's crap. You, you just gonna work, be working out with this like <laughs> it's, it's stupid, man. It's like I hate. I and this is and anytime I talk to like a a, a, a dumbass white Republican, but with the, <laughs> hey, here they'll be they'll be they'll say something, especially me being in political science. They'll say mm-hmm. something to me like, "Hey, there's this one black guy that you need to listen. I really think you should check out because he just mm-hmm. says the most awesome stuff," mm-hmm. and then. You press play and it's like someone like Collier Noir or fucking the Hodge Twins or Diamond and Silk. Diamond and Silk. It's like what the, are you trying to like is 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 this where oh, you are goodness, getting man. your cues on black culture from mm. these people, right? The key to like, Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. It'll be like oh Herschel Walker. It'll be like Damn um, Hersh. Yeah, it'll be like the worst possible. Hey, 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 hey bro, time out, time out. Herschel Walker giving opinions is like the funniest shit ever, bro. Herschel Walker, man. Herschel Walker hurt me to the heart, man. As a a football fan, Herschel used to be that dude back in the day. And that's like, yeah, he wasn't. I never thought Herschel Walker was great, but I thought he was a serviceable football player. I don't think he ever really. Got his. He called his ass a serviceable. Wow. Football. He was serviceable. Wow. He was. He was. He wasn't. He wasn't great, but he was. He was good. You know what I'm saying? He was like. He, he was like somebody that you could rely on to uh, to help a team out. You know what I'm saying? Damn, Chris taking everybody hey, out bro. this week. Oh, oh and goodness, then also with uh, and Herschel Walker also this spot. We're going on a tangent, but I have to bring this up. He was like uh, giving. Black oh, father's man. advice, and then he had like like a bunch of kids. You can't make this shit up. He had like a bunch of kids come out the woodwork saying, "Yeah, this dude is my daddy," and I don't know where the hell he's been. Like, dude, seriously, my dude. Like, you, you, you expect Atlanta, a city that I love, yes, in a state hey, that I have hey, to down. A town down. If anybody's ever lived in Atlanta, you know what I'm talking about. Atlanta is one of the greatest American cities on the oh planet. God, There's bro. no denying that. But it's in one of the worst states in the country. Mm. The greatest city. It, the state is getting better. Hopefully, you know, we get some good elected officials there and it becomes better. But yeah, I love Atlanta. Um I, I mess with uh, I mess with Augusta. Mm-hmm. I mess with Savannah. 
You know what I'm saying? You 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 mess with Cobb County because of your boy Ray Trailer? Oh yeah, you well, well Cobb County Cobb County is a lot blacker than it used to be too. Right? <laughs> uh, like like Cobb County wasn't a place that I necessarily oh, liked in the eighties. I, I love Cobb County. I love Cobb County now. I mess hey, with bro. Cobb County. Hey, bro, I, I love this podcast, dog. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, like, yo, like, y'all are fucking hilarious, man. Hey, but I know we're approaching the uh, two-hour mark and we got to wrap up, but I, I think it's only fair that we let Chris close the show because uh, I know he wanted to speak about Linda McMahon. Yeah, well, real quick, because I, I was, oh, just, yo, about, yo, I was yo, just about yo. to pivot to that, Andrew. So before okay, we cool, – because cool. we do want to uh, wrap up uh, with a little bit more of a heavy topic this week, uh, this month, but – uh, before we get there, I do have some NXT thoughts real quick. So first for Chris, I'm going to start calling you uh, Wendy Chu because you're out here sleeping on NXT 2.0. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Andrew, I feel like you are now like walking in my shoes, nephew, because the way you probably looking at NXT 2.0, having to cover it every week, is how I used to look at Impact back in the day, watching the damn shows every week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you trying to find the goodness. The, in the it, positive, and, and yeah. The positive, yeah, right. Yeah, let, let, let me tell you about this brother, Day. Uh, <laughs> NXT with, with, with Impact, Nate was always finding the silver lining in Impact. And I just, I couldn't see it. Uh, Ho- Ho- then, Ho- Hogan was on TV for two minutes this week. And then, and then, what, but then what happened with with, with Nate? I think this is where I can pinpoint the more critical eye with uh, Impact is when you and um and Man started mm-hmm. doing that show together, and you actually had to watch <laughs> NXT or uh, Impact and like because you, you, you forced me to do that with Walk and Talk. Like I used to love walking tall, and then I really hold, hold, had... hold, hold, hold up, Chris, hold up. I forced you. You, I, if, if I remember correctly, much like Andrew Thompson with Planet Fifty Two, uh, you yeah, volunteered yeah. to be on that episode. I did. No, I did. Yeah, yeah. You, that's 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 correct framing. But like when I'm watching this now, I'm like, The Rock is the is an asshole in this movie. He is he is the bad guy, man. He is not the good guy at all. This dude is 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 going to town. He, he instead of just like say telling the manager, "Yo, this guy's got some loaded dice." He's like just beat trying to beat everybody's ass. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 Nate. When you when you uh when you timestamp this part of the show, please put it Rocky might be a picture show reflection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because, yeah, Chris, that was Chris got thoughts still on walking tall and how to Chris, rock Chris destroy this thoughts. community. But yeah, he, yeah, he just he, he went there, started shit with everybody, and then, um, and, and then, uh, but that was kind of like the impact stuff, right? I, I didn't like once you once Nate started watching it critically, um. His he wasn't he his the praise wasn't as heavy as it used to be. Uh, not saying that he that he hated it, but he was like he was more like wait this is this this is problematic, you know. <sighs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So Triple H, shout out to that man Triple H eating the grilled cheese sandwich, grilled, grilled cheese in the backstage. Yeah. <laughs> NXT 2.0. Yeah. Uh, but like Andrew alluded to, 
Uh, we oh, we didn't want to leave this month without uh, taking a little bit of a pause for the cause. So, uh, Chris, we're going to let you kick it off, man. Uh, go ahead and uh, speak on some things here for the people, brother. Okay, so I did want to um, talk about the culture of WWE, which is kind of like the next article I'm doing on WrestleNomics is kind of I, – I wrote like um, – two completely different three no it was like actually three or four completely different articles um and i'm still trying to turn them into one article um because this is this is a deep like the the culture in wwe is so messed up and linda mcmahon i'm just going to read a few of these uh tweets from her back in um uh back in um 2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2012-2
the Supreme Court just completely ruined it. And then uh, the 1966 case of Miranda v. Arizona, mm. where um, your rights have to be read to you by the police. They amended that so much to where you cannot even sue a police department for um, not reading your rights to you correctly, right? It's bogus and it's stupid, but this is in the Supreme Court. And then finally, yesterday, um, they they undid um, 50 years of precedent with um, Roe v. Wade. And so, and that's the thing with the abortion law too. It was never perfect. Roe v. Roe v. Wade is a 1973 case um, and it wasn't perfect, but it was, it was good. It gave women <clears throat> autonomy over their health and their bodies um, in case of unwanted <clears throat> pregnancy for whatever reason happened. Um, and then uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey was an update to Roe v. Wade. That Planned Parenthood versus Casey is in 1992. And then they just come, and that was just an update that amended uh, Roe v. Wade better. It gave better protection to Planned Parenthood and places like that mm-hmm. who had to administer abortions. And then yesterday, with uh, Dibs versus uh, Dobbs versus Jackson, which is a 2022 case that was decided on Friday, um, they just completely. S- screwed over all that all those years of precedent and linda mcmahon is a part of this because this is something that according to her her words not not mine they've been fighting for forever and this and linda mcmahon used to be a high-ranking executive in wwe and this culture starts from the top you know what i'm saying linda mcmahon i'm convinced that linda mcmahon and vince mcmahon have an arrangement to where Vince McMahon does what he does with these women. Um, this is this is not verified. So I'm not saying anything at, for certain or for, for fact. This is my thought, and I have a right to my thoughts since the Supreme Court hasn't messed up the First Amendment yet. Give it time, it will. So let me get these thoughts out now. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think I think I think she has an arrangement with Linda McMahon. I think the parents in that family are messed up. I hope the kids are better. I hope Stephanie and Shay McMahon are better. I see signs that they could be better, but I also see signs that they could be exactly like them. Um, and um, it's it's a shame what happened in the uh, Supreme Court this week. Um, shout out to uh, CM Punk and Dave Batista mm. and Adam Cole and um, <clears throat> all the people who are standing up, not just for women, but for society, because this is, this is a change that's going to affect everyone. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, I was, um, I'm not, uh, so we did the, we did the um, show last month, uh, Nate, for Keeks of Sport on the anniversary show. And by, I shared with Nate a letter from my deed because the talk got about about voting and stuff. It was my fault the talk went there. And my deed 
was listening to the show live <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> and I had to go in. I, this this wasn't good enough for a, a Zoom call. I had to drive ninety mm. minutes to my job, and he said to me, "Wherever you do not ever encourage people to not vote." Ever, you know what I'm saying? He was, he was, they like he was pissed. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the 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 dean, um, who's uh, in charge of everything, she was pissed, and I didn't understand it at the time. I thought they were overreacting a little bit, and I still think they were overreacting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand why they what what they. Politics is not a great game. It ain't. There's a trickle-down effect and there's a trickle-up effect. The federal government matters and the local government matters. It starts Mm -hmm. at the local government because the local government is... um, These are people that represent us at the local level. And a lot of times, these are people that will go to um, Washington, D.C. and speak for us. Even if it's like a, a mayor of a of a one horse town. You know what I'm saying? That person is going to have more access to DC than us. We are a representative democracy mm-hmm. in the United States of America. We are not a total democracy. We are um, a democratic Republic, a representative democracy where things like this can happen. So when you vote for these people, we're voting for, you got to vote for governors, school board members, all these, and you also got to vote for people in D.C. Because don't think for one second that um, wherever that this fight ever ends. It never ends. I don't like yeah. the way Joe Biden lied to people and said that he was going to you know, fulfill a lot of promises that he wasn't able to fill. The first one is the George Floyd uh, Policing Act. He wasn't able to do that. And he told people he was he was a, he was going to do that. Um, I think me and Nate are at the age where we kind of we understand the bullshit that comes along with politics. So our feelings weren't that hurt by Joe Biden not doing what he said he was going to do. We knew from the beginning, I think I'm speaking for you, Nate, correct me if I'm wrong, but we knew Joe Biden's job because we talked about this on Mm -hmm. our other show. His job was to stop the bleeding. Yes. He was was never going to be a transformational president. Um, and he was actually, he actually ended up being a little bit more transformational than I thought, but there were just certain things he was never going to be able to do with, um, and I, he might've, and you can make the argument, he might've genuinely thought with, uh, cinema and mansion that he was going to be able to, um, to, um, change their minds and stuff like that, but he wasn't able to, you know what I'm saying? So this is just stuff that we got to pay attention to. And we, and we can't be, we can't be dumb for one, for one. And I'm not saying anybody um, that, that didn't vote for uh, Biden or, or didn't vote for Hillary is dumb, but with experience, you get a better understanding and you have to understand how math works in this situation. You have to understand that the rules are not there the system it is not fair. I've never said that. Not once. The system, what I've said about the system 
is the system is always working for somebody, mm-hmm. right? If it ain't working for us, it's working for somebody else. The, 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 the system can never not work for somebody. That's, that's it, 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 you can't have, well, it's a seesaw thing. It's either gonna work for the Democrats or it's gonna work for the Republicans. It's gonna work for progressives or it's gonna work for people like that that are constitutionalists and stuff like that. That's how it's gonna always work. And another thing is one side is ne- the, the person that gets, it's a power struggle, right? No one's ever gonna stop once you get a little bit of power. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republic, a Republican. Once you get one thing, you are always going to want more. Okay, you freed the, Abraham Lincoln, you freed the, the slaves in 1865. That's all well and good. Now we want to own property. That's all well and good. We're tired of being segregated. Now we got to do Brown v. Board. And it just keeps moving like that. The fight never ends. Mm-hmm. It's never going to end. The Republicans are the same way. This is what people forget. Do you think they're going to be happy with abortion just being a state-to-state thing? Linda McMahon said in that fucking tweet, the fight for pro-life continues. She said it. No one's making this stuff up. You got to believe what you are seeing with your own eyes is all I got to say about that. You have to. We got to stop this making um, good the enemy of per like the enemy of perfect. This is not how it's it's never going to be perfect in um um the United States of America. What we strive for is a more perfect union. Mm. And that's my soapbox in F the McMahons. <laughs> yeah, real quick, Andrew, I'm, I'm gonna say my piece and then I'll let you say your piece, nephew. Uh but you know I feel like in moments like these, whether you're talking about whether it's something uh, what with what happened with Roe v. Uh, the other day, or when we talked about you know George Floyd uh, a few years ago, Andrew with John and Wade, like the struggle, right? The fight, as Chris said, it never ends, right? It's a, it's a day to day thing, it's a month to month thing, a year to year thing, a decade to decade thing, and as we've seen. If if you take your foot off the gas, if you take your eye off the ball, somebody else is working. Like th- like Chris said, the people who wanted this to happen yesterday, they've been working. They've been working. They've been fighting. They've been changing things up so that way when the moment came, they could switch things in their favor. So to me, the lesson from this is you got to keep fighting, man. Always forward. That's There's a reason I always put that on a lot of my tweets, man, because regardless of what's going on in the world, we, it can always be a little bit better. It can always be a little bit more just. It can always be a little bit more right. And it doesn't get that way unless we work for it. And that's not to say that you can't have different political ideals or different ideas on how to balance the budget or where this spending goes or, you know, thoughts on this thoughts on that. But at the end of the day, 
it's about all of us together. You know, it's right. about all of us moving forward together. And so, yeah, and I, I know a lot of people that are probably listening to this show, uh, particularly our sisters out there, might be feeling some type of way this weekend. And, you know, we just kind of want to take a little bit of a time out here at the end of the show, Andrew, to let them know that we got their back. And the fight, the fight continues, man. So, uh, nephew, if you got anything to say, man, go ahead and speak your piece, man. No, I, I think both of y'all like re- really put that uh, really well, and I, I really enjoyed what both of y'all had to say. I think I'll just add on to it, man. Like some very simple, man. I don't think it's right to, to for for anyone to have any sort of ruling over any woman's body, and and I, and and, he, and even when I'm seeing like some of the the conversations about it, I don't even think it has to be something um, trauma related in, in terms mm-hmm. of somebody in terms of a woman getting pregnant in order for them want to get an abortion it can just be someone just wanting to have fun and then next thing you know they, they they end up having with child and if they want to get an abortion that should be their choice you know what I'm saying? i think shit is like literally yep. that simple yeah. and that plain cut and dry i don't think it ever i don't think it, it, it not, not even think it, it shouldn't have to be something trauma related in order to somebody yeah. you know wanting to do that like that's that, that's just some bullshit and i, I even like as, as y'all were talking i was uh I was like looking through Twitter a little bit and I had saw um, it, it was some type of press conference or some type of rally or something like that. And it was a Republican Congresswoman. Her name is Mary Miller. And she said, uh, I want to thank you. She, she was speaking uh, at Donald Trump. And she was like, I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday, which is about right. the wildest shit I've ever heard in my life. But not surprising considering the tweets I'm reading about this individual. Yeah. This is this is her. This is her uh, MO, it, it, so. And the the Supreme Court is set up in such a way to where if that if anything ever made it to the Supreme Court as as far as free speech is concerned, they can they can seriously obliterate that. Right. Democracy is hanging on by a thread. And the only reason why it's hanging on by a thread is because Joe Biden is president and he's not going to sign any bullshit law any bullshit bill into law he's not going to do that so you don't have to worry about that for at least um the next um until 2024 Mm. but this isn't this is no time to be um to be sweeping people always like the one thing i don't live in is a perpetual state of bullshit um i live with facts when i told nate um i when i when i was confident that Joe Biden was going to win in 2020, it wasn't. It wasn't coming from a place of optimism or anything like that. It came from the right people who did enough research, who did enough enough number crunching. The people like people like um, Rachel Bittacoffer, people like Adam Allen Lickman, who I read up on the greatest pollsters in this uh, space, that told me I could rest assured. I still didn't rest assured, but I just like, but when, <laughs> but when, the, when I saw the way election night was playing out, I told everybody, I was like, Biden is winning this thing because I just saw where the votes were going and the votes that were left over coming through. I saw where it was going. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not that optimistic at the moment. So I can't make those kind of uh, predictions. I don't know. What, what what's gonna happen because uh, you because the thing is people want to hear oh everybody on the democratic side is energized and they are are they gonna take that energy to the polls I mm. promise you these Republicans are gonna take their shit to the polls they're not fucking around they they mean business mm. 
look at dumbass Linda McMahon <laughs> and, he, and even dumber ass Kay. Mm. All, these speak on that man. All, all these wrestlers for decades talked about how smart Kane was and how much of a luminary he was. Kane, he, is he said big words. He said big words. That's yeah, all it was. He said, he said big. read uh, big words, and he was reading um, stupid racist books backstage. Politics um, for dummies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 Chris and Nate. Chris and Nate, did y'all see Jackson Riker try to call out Becky Lynch recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Becky Lynch ate his lunch. <laughs> Some of these people do not operate in fact; they operate in fiction. That's why you can. Um, that's why you have people watching the January sixth committee. All these dumbasses trying to scale in the wall of the Capitol building and doing what they want to do, and and people are saying, "Oh, don't!" It's it's like the great and powerful Oz, right? Don't d- stop looking at that man behind the curtain. That's mm-hmm. what this is. You know what I'm saying? Um, these people do. You cannot look. You can't. They they do not operate in fact, um, and that's one of the reasons why I became an agnostic. Not because I don't believe in God. I just I just had to stop mm-hmm. listening to the bullcrap that was being fed to me my whole life because it was coming from a Eurocentric right-wing place. You know what mm. I'm saying? I told this to my uh, my, my mom and my, my grandmother. My grandmother, 90 years old, she she, she, she thinks I'm damn to hell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, it is what it is. I love mm. I, lo- I love my grandmother, love my mom, but... You shout know, out to Grandma Ely, man. Yeah, shout, shout out to Grandma, out to grandma Ely, is, man. This is the, <laughs> so my Grandma Ely passed away in 2015. Oh, I'm sorry, so this, I'm sorry. This yeah. is my other grandma, Grandma uh, Mitchell. But yeah, shout out to her. She was good friends with my Grandma Ely, by the way. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, she. Um, but yeah, this is. But th- th- I mean, this is these these Republicans are playing for keeps. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's it's why, ain't a damn game. It's ain't no yeah, game. That, 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 that's why it's important for a man like Vince McMahon to kind of be brought down a few pegs. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a part of that system, whether yeah. you realize it or not. You know what I'm saying? These people are yeah. a part of that. You know what I'm saying? And wrestlers deserve better than this, even if yes. they don't think that. Even someone a dumbass like Jackson Riker, <laughs> I think I, you know, what I'm saying I, I, I don't want to see him. You know, get, well, maybe now I don't care if he gets fired or on. I see if I see him standing on the corner eating a can of pork and beans or whatever. Damn. Maybe now I don't care. But there was a time. Before he start opening his mouth, where I I wouldn't want to see that. And even now, I don't necessarily. I don't get pleasure by seeing people suffer. That's right. what the Republicans do. I don't. Well, do yeah, that. yeah. And, yeah. And to that point, because I, I do know, like we could be here all night, but we we do want to wrap things up this week. The last thing I'll say on this before we go around the horn with the with the plugs and whatnot is. I just want people to think this week, man. Like, if you're listening to this show right now and you might have a different opinion than me and Chris and Andrew right now, let me tell you a little story real quick about me. Because Chris mentioned uh, religion right there. And I would say up until, like, maybe my early 20s, mid-20s, Andrew, like, I was actually pro-life until you start to actually get down deep and see what, what these people that say they're pro-life are not, not all, 
because you can never make generalities, yeah. but some of uh, these people that say they're pro-life are actually for. Like when you yeah. say you're pro-life, is it just about abortion or are you anti-death penalty? Are you yeah. in favor of gun control? Are you in favor of better education for kids? Are you in favor for better financial uh, assistance for families out there? Like if you pro-life, you got to be pro-life all the way. Right. You can't just be, oh, I don't like abortion. And so yeah. the big thing is, man, like, like if it doesn't affect you, mind your business, man. Like, like you know what yeah. I'm saying, Andrew? Yeah. Like, I feel like so many times people try to dictate how other people should live their lives, whether you're talking about abortion, whether you're talking about uh, black and brown folks, whether you're talking about uh, the LGBTQ community. If it doesn't affect you, why you got man, your nose hey, stuck in hey, somebody hey, else's business? Hey, Nate, let, let me tell you, bro. Like, even since I was a, I was a teenager, dog, like, I, 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 I never understood that, that hatred people be having towards gay people or anybody from the LGBT community. I, I, and, 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 and when I was a teenager, bro, like, let, let me not sit here and bluff and act like I was like this progressive ass individual. I was just selfish as shit, bro. So like, if it ain't concerned me, I ain't give a shit. Like, I'm, 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 be, I'm gonna be real with you, but it wasn't like I was like this, this like progressive 15, 16 year old, like, bro, I, like, bro, if it, if yeah. it ain't had nothing to do with me, bro, like I did, I did not care, dog. Like it, it, it that like and, and whether whatever people said about it or felt about it, it was just a thing to me. It was like, okay, bro, I don't give a shit. But like when, when you start learning, bro, and seeing what people go through and like mm-hmm. seeing like that the hate and vitriol they get just for like existing, it's like dog. Like what? Like what? The, what the fuck are we mad about? Like what? Like what? Mm-hmm. What is there? What is there to be upset about? What is there to be? angry about you know so i'm talking about mm-hmm. specifically, specifically referring to the uh lgbtq community bro. so like it like and and whenever i see people like on that like extra homophobic shit i'm like but like that, that 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 shit is like so weird to me dog like i and especially at this point i, I just I, I really don't get it and in terms of like yeah. what you said nate in terms of uh the, the abortion situation man like that i i think that was I, I think that was real interesting the a point that you made in terms of like when you say you pro-life you can't just specifically sit on the abortion thing. You you gotta roll mm-hmm. with everything that comes with saying right. you pro life. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think that's a real interesting point that you made, man. So that definitely, if it's anybody on that side, I think you should definitely listen to Nate's story and like really consider like what the fuck you actually supporting before you, you know, throw your throw, uh, throw your, right, throw your hand it, in that pot. And I want to direct people to this book. Um, to uh, Google the name Frank Schaefer. Um, he will talk about the birth of the evangelical movement. Um, I listen to him a lot, and he and where the abortion fight even came from. It doesn't come from a legitimate place. It comes from a opportunistic place mm-hmm. by um, conservatives. The abor- abortion wasn't this big evangelical Christian talking point until. Um, until conservatives got a hold of it and turned it into this bullshit that it is today. So yep. just please look that up. Yeah, we could yeah. we could go on for another hour about how religion has been co-opted for evil uses, but we we ain't got enough time in the day for that. Well, we, but... we do we do have to read one of Jermaine's questions. Do, He's got do like... we have, I, I, Chris? We we not trying <laughs> to talk about the evil and the hate in the world, and you gonna bring hey, Jermaine? Hey. Hey, 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 you know what? Hey, let, let, let's do this. Jermaine, on, on the next episode of NWA, let's start <laughs> off reading Jermaine's question. Let, 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 let me guess, Chris. Off. He has something to say about Roman Reigns. No, man. he doesn't. He doesn't. So we'll, we'll, we, we, um, 
So Jermaine, we love you. You are a loyal listener. <laughs> I, I want to get that out the way because I don't want to. I don't want to feel it. But we're 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 gonna start going live soon. We these we will not because we've got a lot of questions. This because yeah. this was the first time I hashtagged. And we appreciate all the questions. And we and we and I do want to, but we've just kind of exhausted the usefulness of his show. And Romeo from uh, from uh, True Hill Heat. Shout out to Romeo. Heat, uh, ask uh, Britt Baker versus Kane. Who wins? Uh, is it is, is this a Dennis joke or a apology <laughs> joke? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to kind of lost me a little bit on that, but yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we um, I, I do think I, I I'm very pleased with our um, live to tape format and yeah. for you to listen and listen to this show. We're we're not dated on any of these issues by the time you listen to us, um, and um, I'm I'm just grateful that we got to do this show on a week like this you know what i'm saying and um like i i i i think all of us at post um are gonna um keep up the fight and just remember to mobilize and do and do whatever you have in your power to do you're not powerless in this situation don't ever think that you are yeah and 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 on that point about post, man, shout out to John and Wade, not only for always, you know, giving us the platform to be able to speak our minds on things in and out of the ring, but also for, you know, Wade giving us the idea, you know, kind of changing up the format a bit, uh, which which helps me out. As, as uh, those of you that listened to the last episode knows, I got a lot on my plate right now with work and the shows, and this is hopefully going to be a way that we can yeah. become a little bit more expedient uh, with the yeah. NWA podcast going forward and, and people will listen to all three hours of this show or whatever they do they they're, they're here's the thing chris people will listen to all three hours but yeah. i'm not trying to be up till midnight as much as i'm, yeah, I'm not trying to do that either. <laughs> but, but, but it's just so 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 the, to, to just to take out the editing that you do and stuff like yes. that you know what i'm saying yes and, and that's the good thing like you like yeah. uh, folks will be hearing this uh, the very next day. So uh, we, we, we are hoping that this will be a way to get it, uh, the shows to you quicker and also, you know, have some more interactivity like, like we did tonight with the questions, which is a great idea uh, by Chris. So I'm, I'm looking forward to where the show goes. But as far as for where this episode goes, we're about to wrap things up. So, Andrew, my nephew, the youngest in charge, let the people know what you got going on, brother. Let them know about the great final episode of uh, for now. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say final episode for now of uh, Bushby and Times' wrestling adventure and anything else you, uh, you have to plug, young brother. Yeah, me and Martin wrapped up uh, tw- 21 episodes of Bushby and Thompson, man. It was an honor doing it, doing that podcast with that good man. So shout out to Mr. Bushby. That was uh, fantastic. Go check out the catalog over on the Post Wrestling site. Check out my um, my Twitter, 80 Thompson underscore underscore. Uh, the same thing on Instagram. And you go check out my most recent interview on my YouTube channel with Leo Rush. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Look, nephew out here doing big things. So mm-hmm. we, we love to see that for you, man. Uh, so support Andrew Thompson because this young brother is working real hard right now out here on these streets. Uh, Chris, what have you got going on and uh, where can people hit you up on Twitter? Because I'm sure coming off of our conversation at the end of the show, some folks might have a lot of questions for you or <laughs> Engage in some dialogue, and maybe you know you can kind of open their minds up to to some other ideas. Right. Yeah. So you can um, 
Follow me on Twitter at KMEasyDoesIt. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it on your screen. If um, you are listening, the letter K, the letter M, the letter E, Z, does it. Shout out to Brandon Thurston for um, um, allowing me to get some of that WrestleNomics money uh, with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with my uh, <laughs> articles. Um, and I, I have to shout him out real quick because um, I was looking for somewhere to write articles and I was like, okay, um, I, I was I was thinking about um, about uh, the about post. I was thinking about you know other places, but I thought like he Brandon Thurston and those great writers at WrestleNomics talk about the number side of things. I talk about the business psychology that goes into some of these thought processes, right? Mm -hmm. So the first article, um, it it wasn't easy to write, but it was a lot, it was coming from an easier place for me to write because I was MJF, walk, you know, leave it, uh, don't show it, the the, uh, meet and greet with AEW, Um, Brent, uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out, giving Vince the finger, so to speak, the proverbial finger, and leaving power dynamics and wrestling are shifting. You know what I'm saying? As more wrestlers start to recognize their power, these aren't the last people that are going to do things like that. And I was able to uh, explore that with Brandon uh, Thurston. He's a great editor. Um, And um, I um, look forward to the next article. Please give me feedback, whether you love it or hate it. I appreciate all of it. As long as you're not talking about my mama or my grandma (laughs) or what any of my boys or anything like that, my girlfriend, I'm cool. If you you legitimately don't like something that I do or say, please let me know, man. I'm um, open to uh, reason and listening to people. I'm not. Fuck you. I'm playing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chris, Chris wants all the smoke. Uh, look here, y'all can write me with the smoke, but Chris and Chris knows, like, in terms of the my daily communication with people since I started this job. Like, I might get to the smoke two weeks from now, and by then, you ain't even gonna be thinking about the smoke that you sent me. So you might as well not send it in the first place. Save both you and me time with your smoke. Uh, but if you do want to find out more about what I'm doing, you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Um, in addition to the NWA podcast here on post wrestling, you can also check out the archives of the aforementioned Rocky Maya via picture show, which is a great show that is currently on hiatus, but I, I'm pretty sure it might be back later oh, this shit. year because oh, because that man Dwayne got got a banger finna come out with his Black Adam, so we might have to bring yeah. Rocky Maivia back for and, Black Adam. And we and we got once the first season of Young Rock in the books as well. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's gonna need to be reviewed, eh? Look, look here, Chris. I'm gonna need you to stop trying to put all this extra work on my. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Chris just Chris just loading up a plate, but yeah, yeah, we will get to a uh, uh, season one of the Young Rock eventually on the Rocky Mountain Via Picture Show because I have a lot of thoughts 
uh, about that show. So we'll be talking about that. Yeah, same here, same here, yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to think. Uh, you can check out some of my work over at DCTV Podcast. If you are into the uh, superhero genre, um, I talked about uh, Naomi, which was a series on the CW that uh, ended way too soon. I talked about the Black Lightning uh, show, which also ended way earlier than it should have. What do those two shows have in common? I wonder, Andrew. Uh but I'm also uh, on uh, a lot of the different shows on the DC TV podcast network. So if you like superheroes and superhero TV shows and movies, you can check me out there. Uh, I'm on the main event uh, over at Place to Be Nation. Uh, of course, I got the Kings of Sport podcast, which uh, has a Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Five bucks gets you in the door. Episode 300 uh, is already up in video form. The audio form should be out uh, sometime between now and august so i'm giving myself a little bit of runway on that uh but yeah for everything else man just check me out on twitter at in the number eight m-o-z-a-i-k uh and with that that's gonna do it for this month's edition of the nwa podcast we appreciate everybody for listening uh we appreciate y'all for uh, coming through and checking out the dialogue checking out the conversation even on a week like this where the conversation can get a little heavy but life can get a little heavy at times and, and we're not going to ignore what's going on in the real world uh we also want to send a shout out to that brother rich fan who is uh who was so gracious to give us some time tonight to chat about these stories and uh hopefully rich is out there having a good time in chicago uh fully clothed uh and uh, <laughs> got, hope you got some pants pants on or something rich out there because it's cold in chicago <laughs> man even in the summertime uh but shout out again to john and way Shout out to uh, Righteous Reg, friend of the program. You can check out Righteous Reg's work uh, with PWI as well as with. Is, is this GoFundMe still up? I don't know. Um, I am not for, sure. For his car, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, shout out to the. Uh oh, somebody coming for you, Chris. Uh, it's Omaha. It's Omaha. It's, uh, I, think it's, I think it's the big man's. Uh, uh, yeah, it's either Vince uh, or Omaha to call uh, them uh, call them boys uh, on. Uh, Omaha yeah. Jack the cop car. He coming to get Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Omar, yeah, Omaha said, "Look, just just because you didn't have some good conversation for the last thirty minutes, don't think I'm through with you, Chris." Yeah. Oh yeah, look, I'm I'm expecting it, man. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah bro. shout out to uh everybody <laughs> that that is watching or is listening to this show uh i think that's it i think that we just shout out reg we shout out john away uh shout out to everybody that uh, gave us feedback this week and we're gonna keep that thing going uh also uh shout out to uh kelsey and presley from uh Streamyard support and those of you that do shows on Streamyard. That is a very niche joke that that only those who do Streamyard shows will get. But that's the Boo. kind of comedy you get. Boo. That's the kind of comedy you get at twelve oh five in the morning. Andrew Thompson. Uh, we gonna wrap up. Thank y'all for listening, man. Y'all be safe. Y'all be good to each other. Keep the fight going. And remember, the revolution may not be televised, but it damn sure will be podcasted. See y'all next month. Yo, it's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off kilter, the professor, the godfather, post wrestling, the NWA, not O'Keefe, guessing, huh? 
the views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message, advocates for Nubian, wrestling, you're listening to the best again, black wrestling in the ring we invested in, Nubian kings and queens we invested in, it's for the culture and we repping it. For the culture and we repping it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.